You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. To another episode of Stadium and Gale. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. It's the Thompson Search Firm. Is that it's the Thompson Search. In fact, it's the top Dan and Gator uh, Gator Nation again. Wow, the top Dan, the top dog in Gator Nation, Dan Thompson. It's Delatory Silk. I couldn't help but hear an uptick in your voice in the oh, intro. Man, man, it's beautiful times. Beautiful times. Um. Unfortunately, we gather here today um, with, with, with a new coach on the horizon and one coach leaving, man. How you feeling, Dan? What's that meme where the guy's like smiling and it's like just came to make sure, just came to the funeral to make sure he's dead? I feel like that's yeah. so yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, my yeah. meme. That's me. Um, he is I and I and him. That That's the exact meme that I was actually thinking of when uh, when Soak was talking. Completely unplanned there, Nick. Um, you know, Soak, to answer your question, I, I think it was something that we talked about. Um, I had mentioned on this show that I had heard last week that if Dan Mullen lost another game, uh, one of the last two games, uh, that he would be out. Um, it's sad to say that uh, a guy that I thought three and a half years ago was a guy that not necessarily would be the coach that would return the Gators to extreme prominence all the time, but was a coach that I thought would be here for quite some time and had some success, uh, is out. Uh, but um, but here we find ourselves. Just like that. Um. Spectacular downfall. Like, there's one thing you could point to with Jim McElwain. Like, yo, don't make up that people are trying to kill you. That'll get you fired. Um, don't hump sharks. You can't, you can't. You can't really point to one thing with Dan. So it's kind of like um, we were trying to. We were talking about the press box in Missouri and trying to figure out like what is it. And you really have to like sit down and, and like add everything up to really see how you fall from grace in, in just 13 months so quickly to the point where you're not even, I guess you were offered. We can talk about that too, you know, to the point where you're not even finishing out your fourth season after going to three New Year's I six games. I, I tweeted something similar to that, Nick. I had tweeted that uh, McElwain had the credit cards uh, scam that kind of did him in. Come um, on. No need to bring that back up. That was a rough, rough time for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Um, Champ had the injury gate. Well, a lot of players got injured that year. Um, that got him to four wins. Um, I don't know what happened outside of incompetence with, with Dan Mullen. Uh, uh, outside of him just not wanting that job is what I could gather. I don't want to get into like deep breakdowns of what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally, I think he just didn't give a shit. I think he just wanted out. Yeah, we're going to have Andy Staples on here any second now. Uh, There he is. He's just going to pop in here in a second. But uh, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, organization. I think a lot of it had to do with a number of issues uh, just really uh, kind of compounding. Uh, that was issues in organization, issues in recruiting, issues in staff retention, issues with players that you, know, you, com- you compound those enough uh, and you have enough issues where you start to lose favor and all of a sudden the noise gets loud and uh, you find yourself uh, $12 million richer. Um, but before we bring Andy on, oh, Silk, you're on mute, but before we get Andy on. I said uh, six. Just, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, six plus. Yeah, however, it ends up setting best job in the universe. Fired (laughs) college football coach. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, But before we bring Andy from the uh, the athletic on, uh, so uh, give a quick shout out to Greg Brunt, and we'll get on with the show. This Gator episode, Stadium McGill episode, is brought to you by the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg is the best of the best. Uh, Auto, home, life insurance, business insurance, renter's insurance, uh, motorcycle, trailer, anything that got wheels, we can insure it. 954-589-2204 or bruntinsurance.com. Andy Staples. What's up, Andy? How you doing, man? Y'all What's right? up, Silk? We're the it's only ones the without backward hats. I, I can go get a hat if, <laughs> if we need. No, I need you to put that jersey back on and find a helmet. You're you're blocking for Scott Strickland. Uh, to what success, we don't know. As as we learn from Scott Strickland, you don't want nobody wants me blocking for him. So that's that's all right. <laughs> but you're back from Missouri, Nick. Yeah, I think you're going to uh, make it. Yeah, I was uh, uh, writing stories on my phone on I-70, I think it is, uh, <laughs> listening listening to the loudest Christmas music I've ever heard in a Starbucks while trying to do uh, Scott Strickland's press conference. It's fantastic. But, but better than Matt Baker, who was in seat 17A, 30,000 feet in the air on South. I, I, I did enjoy Wi-Fi. him. Yeah, him saying essentially, I need the first question because they're going to make me turn my phone off or kick me off the plane. Yeah. I normally I don't like people bigfooting in a press conference, but I I, I got that one. That was fine. Yeah, a nice little subtle flex. As somebody that's flown on many a Southwest flight, I'm surprised that internet worked uh, enough to to to, uh, to bring that. But Andy, we we're talking about it right before you you hopped on. Uh, you know, certainly something that you and I have talked privately about, but this kind of fall from grace for Dan Mullen uh, is probably one of the most spectacular in the quickness that it happened from the Gators, you know, a year ago at this point uh, being, you know, on their way to the SEC championship with a Heisman trophy finalist quarterback and Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony uh, changes potentially a foot, but they don't get made. But Andy, where, what happened in the last year, uh, from your perspective and, and how did it happen and end so quickly? I think it's what didn't happen over the last three years because y'all know, I mean, y'all follow recruiting. If you come in blazing on the recruiting trail, if you're, you know, if you get hired in 2017, you're already working on the class of 2020. You're already working on the class of 2021. You're working on the class of 2022, you know, in year two, in year three. If they're sitting there with a top five class right now, Dan Mullen doesn't get fired. But what happened was they fell off a cliff on the field and there was nothing to look forward to off the field. So all you were going to look forward to was an entire offseason of dead man walking. And there's nothing you can do about that. There's no there's no way to salvage that at that point. And I think that's that's the problem. And it, it was it wasn't even the loss to Georgia and the way it happened. Cause look, they're the best team in the country. You lose to Georgia this year. There's no, there's no shame in that. It's what happened afterward. It's the team wouldn't play for him and players started getting flipped. I mean, Humphrey gets flipped from Florida to Georgia. It's a little too on the nose, but that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Georgia, well, Florida's class is now worse than the SEC. That's going to happen after after a firing. But I, yeah, I, I mean, the, I, I bet it won't be. I, they'll hire somebody, and no doubt. that person will have some people in pocket, and it'll mm-hmm. it'll be fine. It, it won't be great, but it'll be fine. Eric Taylor will turn this recruiting around. Who the hell is <laughs> He's going to bring in Taylor. voodoo. That's that's from Friday Night Lights Silk. Oh. <laughs> in that show that was filmed in isla morada what was that bloodline that was pretty good yeah that was really good um somebody's over andy's board that i didn't know about man my bad (laughs) (laughs) i should have put coach taylor on the big board that's right (laughs) coach taylor needs to be number one on every big board his his Um, odds of getting the job are probably better i don't know he's one that would take a job and just leave that's the problem didn't he take the the texas texas western job or whatever and and bail after like a weekend, you know, you gotta go where your heart needs you, where your heart wants to be. East um, Dillon, yeah. The um, the it looks like I don't watch this stupid show. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. what's going on. Still, has been making his scared money, don't make money T-shirts all afternoon. So. <laughs> yeah, nothing uh, wrong with that. So I, I think when, on the recruiting note, it's obviously what what Kirby's doing. Um, I think Kirby censored himself uh, after the Florida George game. Cause he could have just said, you know, Dan, you can't out scheme players. You can't out coach players. <laughs> I think he was right. talking directly to him. Um, but not only he, is, he wasn't like, talking to him, Nick, he was talking to anybody who might consider playing for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the ABC always be recruiting. Right. Yeah. Um, but what Kirby's doing and what Dan was doing was not only out recruiting Florida, but he was, furthering the distance and the opportunity that Florida has to compete with Georgia and therefore to compete for a national championship. So like what you Mm -hmm. said, Andy, if Florida had the number five recruiting class, Hey, there's, there's a future, there's a bright future. I think when you look, there's hope, there's something. I think when you look at Dan, um, I I think the discipline in the program started to fall and maybe some of that's COVID. There was a, a lot of stuff that happened last year. I think the discipline, the, the accountability, the attention to detail inside the program, from top to bottom had started to slip. I don't think they ever were going to get recruiting turned around. Um, and, and the other teams, you could be the 10th best recruiting class in the country and fifth in the conference. And that's not going to be good enough. Yeah. Yep. And that that's the part that, that people have to understand. And it, it's interesting because nationally, I, I get this all the time. I, I get people, well, how could they fire Dan Mullen? Don't they know he went to three straight New Year's six bowls? Yeah. Great, but if the distance between you and the place you want to be is 10 miles wide now, you got to figure out how to get back where you want to be. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you'll get a lot of, but you can't expect to win the national title every year. Yes, but you can expect to try. Mm-hmm. And if you're Florida, if you're Auburn, if you're LSU, if you're Texas A&M, if you're Alabama, if you're Georgia, you expect to try. And if it doesn't feel like you're trying – then you do something else. And I, I know people, like, I, I try to explain this to people. The Ricky Bobby thing, that if he ain't first, you're last, it, it's played as a joke in the movie. That is the attitude at half the programs in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And if you're not moving toward winning an SEC or a national title, or you're not winning an SEC or a national title, you're just spinning your wheels. So you have to, you have to be doing that or you will not satisfy the customers, and I, I mean, that's the thing. People in my business, it drives me nuts. People in my business are always like, well, you guys shouldn't feel that way. Don't tell them how to feel. Don't t- mm-hmm. if, if I like 
let's say, well, if I like Popeyes better than KFC, don't tell me That's you should true. like KFC better. That's it's not true. better. I like Popeyes. You I'm like gonna Popeyes buy Popeyes. I don't even like Popeyes. You'd be insane to feel any differently. But 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 it's, no, it's, I mean that's I don't the thing. know, like, man. Kentucky's original. Kentucky's original. I would have took over in my chicken eating days. I would have took over Popeyes. Popeyes is a little the greasy, secret blend man. of herbs and spices. I don't know. I take Popeyes. Popeyes. Yeah, I, I've eaten a lot of fried chicken. I might hmm. take Churches over KFC. Whoa, whoa. Churches is real. Now, if you're talking grease, now Churches is grease. That's some grease. Churches is very see. greasy. Bojangles, I'd probably take them over KFC too. Hmm. If we have to, if we have to, right? <laughs> but you know, you, you know, you know what? What I would take is just behind Popeyes. Them, I'm not eating chicken Publix. Gator, Publix Gator, fried chicken. Gator yeah, Twitter is going to dissect yeah. this tomorrow and try goat. to figure out which coach is which fran- chicken franchise. And, mm. and oh, Nick, Nick, which Nick. one you're going? Nick, Billy Napier. Billy Napier lives in the only town where there's a Popeye's buffet. I think we we, we got this one wrapped ah, up. Oh, I see what I see what you're exactly getting. Exactly. You want them to think, Andy. That's what, that's what you want them to think. Classic smokescreen. Yeah, like I'm it. calling the face <laughs> if I see a buffet at a Popeye's. What do you contribute, Andy? Real quick, what do you contribute this season to? Because um, like Dan Mullen, I think is a good X and O guy and a competent mm-hmm. coach. Uh, to me, it just looked a little checked out this year. Um, after getting the NFL, uh, what what seeming to look like he wanted an NFL job, it just seemed like he didn't want to be there this year. What do you think? I got the same sense. And here's the thing about that NFL thing: I, I went back and looked looked at the the original piece of information. I, I had forgotten what it was. It was it was one of those Adam Schefter, Schefter tweets from ESPN PR. It's like th- thirty. Three things in 30 seconds from Adam Schefter, and it was the third thing in 30 seconds. And based on – at The Athletic, we have was, people who cover everything. We have it was 13 words that ruined a month for me. Yeah. So we, we have people who cover every NFL team. There was no NFL team interested in Dan Mullen last year. That came from someone representing Dan Mullen. I don't know exactly who. I, I mean, it could have been his agent. could have been him. could have been somebody else representing him. But it came from somebody like that, which should lead us to believe that, hey, he wanted an NFL job. That's great. But you still have to keep trying at your college job if you want to get an NFL job. And, you know, this was a year of great change in college football. You know, the the transfer rules changing. You had the NIL stuff. So if you liked the way things were before and you didn't want to do it in the new world, well, the NFL probably seemed like a pretty cool place to be. But – Again, you had to succeed this year to to get the actual interest from the NFL, and it, it seemed like that step kind of was was missing there. I'm of, I'm of the opinion that so Dan had finished three years of his first six, so you don't want your head coach to be on less than four. He had spent most of 2020 putting his foot in his mouth and punting his leverage in contract negotiations and getting uh, show and, clauses. And and it's a yeah, and it's a quick it's a quick text to Schefter who thinks, hey, that's a good scoop. I'll say it real quick on this. 30 second blurb and now all of a sudden you've got your leverage back i don't think and like i said i've said many a time but he never had any leverage you know no one no one in the administration at uf believed that which is why they knew it was a bluff all along which is why i think you're able to if you're scott strickland to keep the buyout what it was to save Mm -hmm. to save a lot of florida fans have been mad about the, the money dan's getting 
if if Jimbo gets fired at oh. Texas A&M, he gets $95.2 million. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. I mean, like, Gus Malzahn got $20.5 million. What, what they did. Florida's contract yeah. was very school-friendly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. it worked against Stan Mullen this year because the mm-hmm. fact that it didn't go down next year, like that's what some coaches can hang on to is their buyout so high and then next year it's much lower and, and maybe that, that helps the school make the decision to, to keep them. There was nothing to help him stay. The contract became his worst enemy at that point. And I've kind of backed off on this a little bit because I thought at the time when Dan was coaching, when I thought he was coaching for his job, Florida had six assistant coaches coming off the books this year on expiring contracts. Two of them were Hevesy um, uh, and Grantham. Grantham. And I thought, hey, it's almost financially responsible because if you keep Dan, it's a dead man walking. You're going to have to pay guys either above market value or give them a third year. And now you have to fire all of them next year if you're at the same place with Dan. Dan's Dan's buyout is going to be the same if you fire him now or in 2024. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a perfect storm how, how to long, get him how, out of there now. How long how long how long do you think you think the firing actually went down this weekend or do you think our staff was actually looking beforehand because to be honest with you um it, it seemed I don't here's my take. In hindsight, I don't think he fired Heavy C in Grantham. So I would say I don't know exactly when the I know I heard what Scott Strickland said. I don't know exactly when the decision to fire Dan Mullen came, but I would say if Scott Strickland was being a responsible athletic director, that after the South Carolina game, he began putting out feelers. Okay, who might be interested if this job were to open? What might it take to get them? Who can I cross off my list immediately? And who should I think about maybe putting on my list? That That is the sort of thing, because some ADs do that constantly. Some ADs are always updating that list in their head. Scott's never really been one of those guys. And, and I don't think he may have had kind of a, if in case of emergency break glass kind of list going on. But I, I mean, if you think about it, going into this year, there's no reason to even have any inkling that you'd have to fire Dan Mullen. So mm-hmm. you're just not thinking that way. And, and I think after the South Carolina game, you realize, all right, I have to think that way because yeah. you had, you had the decommitments, you had getting your butt kicked by Georgia. You had the, the recruiting answer, which again, a lot of people took it differently than he meant it. But the thing is, all of us here know exactly what he meant. What he meant was, please don't ask me about this. This subject is very sensitive to me. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not recruiting. We know he's recruiting year round. I mean, I've, I've watched the man walk out of his walk out of a ballet recital because he had to take a call from a recruit or go see a recruit. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's not like he wasn't trying to recruit. It's that he was not succeeding in the way that you have to as the seven and a half million dollar year coach at Florida. And that was a very sensitive topic. And that just sort of, and then, and then the performance against South Carolina, that that's a team that had gained 15 yards in three quarters against Texas A&M the week before. Mm-hmm. And you lose 40 to 17. You were never even competitive in a game against a team that should have been an easy win. And after that, I'm pretty sure if, 
if we're talking just basic responsible ADing, that's when you start looking. Yeah, I think and, we, and then probably the first half at Stanford, if you were leaning that way, you're like, okay, this is <clears throat> this like moves might have to be made. You might want to make them after the season, but then you go up and you lose uh, to to Missouri, and you think, okay, well, get, just do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get, getting back to what Silk said, I think I think the Hevesy Grantham thing that was. And I wrote this at the time that that was throwing your sacrifices into the volcano, hoping it's going to rain tomorrow, mm-hmm. thinking, OK, this will shut them up for a little while and, and maybe they get back to play. Because because here's the thing, if Florida had played something like what Florida looked like in Dan Mullen's first three seasons at any point in the last three weeks, he still keeps his job. But you can't look like they've looked. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And then. Imagine if you play like that against a Florida State team that nobody's paying attention to, mm-hmm. that seemingly gets better every week, mm-hmm. that has some hope in recruiting. It's interesting because the Florida and FSU classes pre-Dan Mullen firing didn't look all that different except at the very top where FSU mm-hmm. has the number one overall recruit in the country, another top 50 recruit, uh, and then and then a quarterback in the top 100. So mm-hmm. other than that, the classes look similar, but they have a lot more reason for hope. So imagine if if Dan were still the coach and they decided not to do anything and Florida State beats Florida where the winner gets a bull berth and the loser stays home. I mean, you talk about a, a, a bad trajectory game. That That's the worst trajectory game there is. Andy, I want to ask you a question about recruiting, and I know we kind of moved off of it a little bit, but but going back of just about Dan Mullen, was it just a lack of like tenacity? Was it a, just a a not a huge uh, pressure, you know, that he put on other coaches? Was it a a lack of being able to close and and really nail you know recruits in, or or what was it? I mean, because you know I've worked around Dan Mullen for for three years when he was at UF, and you know, I saw a guy that obviously worked hard. I know a lot of the staff that works hard, especially support staff. But what was it that that really could never seem to come together recruiting-wise at, at Florida under Dan Mullen? I, I think there's a few things. I, I don't think they have the same kind of recruiting infrastructure that Georgia and Alabama have. They're, they're working their way there. They're, they've been definitely, probably since the Muschamp era, they've been working on that. But they don't spend the same amount of money you need to spend that, that, that kind of money. They, they, they have an interesting, like they don't seem to have a coherent philosophy about who you're going to hit hard. And, you know, everybody says, Oh, put a fence around the state. That's a very 1994 way of thinking of things. Like you don't put a fence. You have to put a fence around the whole country. You put, put a fence around the top 50, which is what, what Kirby Smart's done, what Ryan Day has done, what Nick Saban's done. Like, remember, we're in an era when the best players all meet each other, know each other, befriend one another as 10th graders. And they want to play together. So it's not anymore where you have to get you have to you, you have to get Chris Rainey so you could get the pounces because they all play together and you know they're hanging out all the time. The player you want from Miami, his best friend may live in Houston. And he may be a top 10 player from Houston. And you got to figure out how to get him too. You know, I, I look at George and I, I keep bringing this up. 
Georgia's two tight ends that, that are playing. Now they have a third who's one of the best in the country who's from Georgia, who just, it just isn't on the, you know, isn't playing right now, Eric, Eric Gilbert. But the two guys who play, Washington and Bowers, are from Las Vegas and Napa, California. You know, their best young DB is Keely Ringo. He is from Scottsdale, Arizona. Like they just go get the guys where they are. And, and Florida's got to try to go get all those guys. And that costs money. That's, you can't skimp on that. You can't say, we live in a, a state of 21 million people and there are plenty of good football players to go around here. You know what? There's really a bunch of good football players to go around in Georgia too. That doesn't stop Georgia from trying to get the best ones wherever they are. And that's, that's what you have to do because that's what LSU is going to do. That's what Texas – look at Texas A&M. This is, this is a fun little game. Look at a Texas A&M depth, depth chart from 2010 and look at a Texas A&M depth chart from 2021. Mm-hmm. Two, the one in 2010, there might be one out-of-state guy in the 2D. They're all over the place now. Why? Because Jimbo Fisher got hired to win a national title. Mm. Hmm. They pay him and they pay him in Egyptian gold. To do it, <laughs> they pay him in every every country's gold. <laughs> you, he has. He you got to pull from everywhere to get that much gold. He, they play, they play they with Bitcoin him, money, man. They pay him in Bitcoin. Um, and I think I read something that you said about this. I wanted to ask you because I thought we were talking about expectations earlier, and I thought Muschamp didn't live up to them. Uh, McElwain didn't understand them. He didn't understand. You hired mm-hmm. me to win SC championships. Uh, and I put the SC East Championship banners up. What do you, you don't like those either? He didn't understand. It's not enough it. for you people. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I thought when Dan came, and I think you probably shared this this too. You know, leaving. He his said conference. it, Nick. He said it at the press conference. He was, he was the offensive coordinator for the team that uh, they didn't only weren't the only reasons that the expectations were there, but a large reason of why the expectations are what they are at Florida. I thought if anybody in the country, other than Urban Meyer or maybe Steve Spurrier, who by the way said. 10 wins isn't good enough here anymore when he was on the way out would know yep. the expectations. Do you think he just couldn't live up to them? I felt this season, the kind of, as they start, the losses started to rack up and recruiting was going wrong. I felt like he was starting to crack a little bit. Well, I, I don't think most people could live up to the expectations at Florida. I think you have to be a different kind of person. It's hard. It's a hard job. The, the demands are very high. And if you're not, moving toward those demands all the time, you're going to get killed. And that's, that's what I think happened. And I think he knew what the expectation, I mean, think about this. Who took more criticism in 2005, their first year here than Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen got crushed over and over. And over. So if anybody knew how nasty Florida people can get when things aren't going the way that they want them to go, it should have been Dan Mullen. Like he should have, un- he should have seen this coming. Or Steve and... Yeah, exactly. Some years, later, so, some years later. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it, that, that's the part that I, that I couldn't understand. If, if you knew it was going to be like this and, and you were not prepared for this, then why did you take this job? You could have, okay. Dan Mullen could have had other jobs. Now, Tennessee was one of those and Tennessee's kind of the same same animal it's it gets really nasty there too but there were there were other jobs that that, because he was so successful at mississippi state he he could have gone to a bunch of different places and there were other jobs that it wouldn't have been like that and so that's that's the part i think that that i find very interesting 
because I just assume when he said, I've been here before, I know what's expected. He, he meant that. And, and I've got a working theory here uh, for this coaching search. Um, you know, everyone talks about the money, the boosters, the board of trustees, um, getting involved and, you know, at, at some schools, that's, that's a, a real reality. Scott Strickland said it's that, not. that was, that was code. That was code from Strickland, by the way, for this is not the Auburn or the LSU job. That's, yeah. that was, I will translate that for you right now. For, for a specific coach that he might've been speaking to directly. Uh, if he, if he caught that. Um, a, a coach, I, a coach that was courted by Auburn last year and who yeah. could potentially be an LSU candidate this year. Yes. I, I think you may be right. Before, be before, real quick, real quick, real quick, Nick, before we get into like the hiring real quick, um, we seem to like go sour with coaches and like relationships seems to go sour once they're on campus. Um, what do you think that that comes from? Like, it just seems to always be some rift between administration and the coach at some point in every tenure. Even Urban Myers. Well, a lot of that is not getting like with Urban. It was not getting what he felt like were the resources that he wanted. He felt like he had to come in and, and beg for everything, and so that was that was an issue. Um, and, and a lot of it was Steve Spurrier would make fun of the other coaches and say, "Well, they got these fancy indoor facilities and and uh, and all this stuff, and we don't need that to win at Florida." And and Jeremy Foley believed him when he said that. So Florida fell behind as far as that stuff goes. But they started to work on making that up kind of in the Muschamp era, but slowly but surely. Uh, McElwain basically declared war on the administration after the Outback Bowl. He's sitting there in the press conference saying, well, I, you know, maybe they'll get serious about football when Scott Strickland all is standing knowing, there. Ha- all knowing the Having just negotiated there. a raise for the man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So... Yeah, McElwain woke so, up and chose violence after the Outback Bowl. Yeah, now, Dan didn't do that. I, I thought Dan was as complimentary as he could be, mm-hmm. given, that the fa- given the fact that they're still behind. Now, they're trying to catch up, but they're still behind, and that's not Dan's fault. In fact, he was helping them raise money to get, to get where they need to be. So I thought he handled that part fine. Uh, I think with Dan, it was just a lot of the, the way he handled losses and – you know, it, it was always something where it was uh, Texas A&M let many, too many people into the stadium or uh, I, you know, we outgained Kentucky or, you, you know, you, there, you name it. There was always something. And there doesn't need to be something. I mean, look, when Steve Spurrier lost, he's like, eh, we lost. It's okay. You can, you can do that. And, and then, you know, gaslighting everybody. And I think it was probably already done the diet and cast at this point, but gaslighting everybody after the Sanford game, trying to make them think that they saw something amazing when they saw Florida give up 52 points to Sanford was particularly insulting, I think, to the fan base. Um, going back to, to the Scott thing, um, I'm kind of of the opinion that um, I don't know if, if President Fox will be at Florida um, past, past this contract. Um, well, he's at an at president. will contract. Just clear, point of clarification. He's at at will. He could leave whenever. Okay. That could be tomorrow. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That could be in 2074. Um, health <laughs> medicine has gone a long way. Um, I'm of the opinion that you're going to get a new president at some point, mm-hmm. certainly by the time that 
you'll know if this coaching hire is good or bad. You'll probably have a new president. I'm of the opinion that you need to let Scott Strickland make this decision on his own um, with everything that's gone on with Scott and women's basketball, Dan flaming out. Um, well, who, who do you think know. is going to make it other than him? The, when, when he said that about not meddling, mm-hmm. he wasn't lying. Like yeah. there is no Bobby Louder or Jimmy Rain mm-hmm. at Florida. There, there, there just isn't. There, there are guys who have names on stuff. But historically, they've not been people who have said, go do this or hire this guy or right. you need to run this off. They're just they just aren't like that. So I but then, then I was thinking this is the hire for his job. If in three yes. years, four years, we're sitting here talking about chasing planes in Ocala, um, it's going to be with a new AD. Um, and, and if this if, is if you're, if you're an SEC four AD. Yeah, if you're an SEC AD, your second football hire is for is for your job mm-hmm. always. That's just a general rule of thumb. Unless unless you stay forever, you know yeah. that's that's pretty much the only the only way because that's the only you, thing that can get him fired right now. It's not the only thing. I mean, you you have another scandal, you you could probably get fired. But right. you know, I, I would say that the university at large is probably dealing with a little bit bigger fish to fry. Uh, with the mm-hmm. expert witness thing that's going on. And I know that's a little outside the sphere and I'm not trying to get political or anything. I'm just saying, if you're a university president, that is a much bigger deal. It, it's sort of like, we, you know how we always wonder when anything ever happens involving a football program, how it's going to affect recruiting. That's a thing that might re- affect recruiting mm-hmm. except at the university level. So yeah, that's something that they're not as worried about sports right now. I don't think like they're going to let sports do its thing. And, and you're not necessarily yeah. saying that in a bad way. You're just saying that Florida's no. I'm just saying that's things how things work. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how things work. And if you're Scott Strickland, you're happy about that because you don't want your president, your board of trustees, necessarily breathing down your neck. Now, when Bernie Matchin was the president of Florida, he had very distinct ideas about what athletics should be and how it should be run. And he and Jeremy would would talk pretty frequently about that. Uh, this is a Kent Fox is a different kind of president. That he is not very hands-on with athletics. And so if you're Scott, that's good and bad because it's good in that they trust you. You can go do what you want to do, hire the person you want to hire, you know, vote your conscience. It's bad in that if you screw it up, you're gone too. You have no one to blame but yourself if you mess up. Andy, I want to, in the last couple minutes here, I want to dive in uh, to some candidates. Um, obviously, there's a lot of big names that have floated around. You know, for this position, Lane Kiffin, uh, Billy Napier, um, the list goes on and on and on. I mean, we could we could go all the way down the list, but uh, you know, Bet Online earlier today and a lot of the Vegas sports books earlier today had uh, Billy Napier as the odds-on favorite to you know about mm-hmm. nine to two odds to be the head coach of the Florida Gators next. Uh, Bet Online not long before you joined the show today uh, completely took their odds down about who the next Gators coach is going to be. That could mean one thing. It could mean nothing. But I think uh, all of us kind of have a prevailing thought here. Uh, do want to get your thoughts on Billy Napier, the coach, the guy that you know was a was a coach at Clemson, coach at Alabama, has been at University of Louisiana Lafayette for the last few years now. Uh, what are your thoughts, and what have you heard about him? He's a, he's a very good coach. I mean, it, there, there's if you want to read all about him, uh, Brody Miller, uh, who I work with at the Athletic, he's our LSU beat writer. He drove over to Lafayette a few weeks ago and did a massive story on, on Billy Napier, kind of the, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, it's very interesting because his career is fascinating. 
you know, he was one of the first coaches to go through the Nick Saban school for wayward coaches, basically. And what happened with Billy Napier is, so you got to go back to Tommy Bowden getting fired at Clemson because uh, Dabo is the receivers coach. Billy Napier is, I believe the running backs coach at the time. And so Dabo gets the interim job. His first official act as Clemson's interim coach is fire Rob Spence, who's the offensive coordinator. So he moves Billy Napier into the play calling role and I want to say Billy was like 29 at the time, 28, 29. So big, big job. Damn. Might not have been yeah, ready he, for it. Yeah, he was definitely the, he was the youngest uh, offensive coordinator in the country. Like, yeah, youngest play car in the country. And they just fired the head coach. So y- you were going to be on a pretty short leash at that point. And basically, Dabo ended up having to fire Billy Napier to save himself. He hires Chad Morris. That offense changes. Everything kind of kind of goes. But you can't really hold that over Billy Napier's head because of the situation he was thrown into. And what he did afterward was goes to Alabama, becomes an analyst, works his way through that system, goes from off field guy to receivers coach, becomes one of their better recruiters, better position coaches, gets the OC job at Arizona state, shows himself to be a pretty good play caller there. And in fact, when Herm Edwards got hired, the idea was they really liked the the coordinators they liked billy napier they liked phil bennett and the idea was that that herm was just going to gm the thing and they were going to run it but billy napier gets that job at, at louisiana lafayette and he's gone and he had one kind of rebuilding year there right when he got hired and then they've been good ever since so uh he's, he's a pretty aggressive recruiter he's not you know not a warm and fuzzy you know gonna light you up in the press conference kind of coach but I don't think that's what they're looking for this time. I think, I think they are going full on, find some guy who will compete with Kirby Smart, who will compete with Nick Saban on the recruiting trail because that's really the only way you get what you want. Do you think he is that guy? I mean, what you know about him? or I mean, he's been in that world. Mm-hmm. He's been successful in that world. And that's all you can hope for. That here, I am, I am out of the business of saying if a hire will work or not, because I've seen too many where I thought it was a slam dunk and the guy, you know, it just didn't work. And I've seen some where I thought who, who they're hiring this guy and it, and it worked great. So it, it's, it's a crap shoot. You know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, the divorce rate for, for marriages, except if the divorce rate was 85%, like it's probably not going to work. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, for this hire, I'm saying that for USC, LSU, Washington, Washington State, TCU, Virginia Tech, Florida, all of the jobs are open. It's probably not going to work. If you get the one that works, count yourself among the lucky because it's just it's just hard. Andy, uh, right now with the climate of, of all these programs, it's a coaching market for sure. Uh, what, who's the most valuable guy out there? Who's the most sought out the guy uh, right now? You know, it, it's interesting, Sil, because I, I – I don't think there's an obvious one. I don't think there's an obvious favorite. And then the, the the couple guys that everybody loves are not typical, like, I'm just going to go for the biggest job out there, guys. So Matt Campbell at Iowa State. And, and I've seen people say, like, well, Matt Campbell, you know, he's, he might go seven and five this year. I don't care. He made Iowa State good. Like, they're legitimately good every year. Do you have any idea how hard that is? So, like, I if I were – any of these people, I would at least ask Matt Campbell, but he doesn't strike me as the type of person who wants to go 
be an SEC head coach. He, he, he's from Ohio. You know, maybe he wants to be in the Big Ten. Maybe he likes USC. But I, I don't necessarily see him wanting to lock horns with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart on the recruiting trail all the time. So you know, maybe, maybe yeah, he's going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. go somewhere else. Luke Fickle, same thing. Right. Luke Fickle's experience has been informed in a different way than these other people. And I, he, he mentioned this when I talked to him. Last, like, he was like the last interview I did right before the pandemic. And it was really interesting talking to him because he's like, I was the head coach at Ohio State for seven months. And it made me never want to be a head coach again. Like mm. Mark D'Antonio, his old boss, had to talk him into trying to be a head coach at Cincinnati because he wasn't going to do it. He was just going to stay as a position coach and maybe he moves up to a coordinator. But he's like, I don't know. I'm not sure I ever want to be that again. And so he's got six kids. One of his kids plays for Cincinnati. Like you're going to have to have the perfect situation to lure him out of there. So those two would be the, the obvious hires. In any other year, if they were typical people who were like, I'm going to take any, whatever the best job is. So they would be the candidates at USC, at LSU, and at Florida. But I wouldn't expect either of them to want LSU or Florida. So then you, you go to a different group of people. Uh, Mark Stoops at Kentucky is one that I think people are going to look at. You know, he's been really good there. Now, his recruiting strategy is pretty unique where he goes to, to Ohio and says, hey, kids that don't want to play in Ohio, that, that Ohio State doesn't want, or he goes to Western Pennsylvania, Ohio State doesn't want you. Come down here and play in the SEC. It's not far from home. It's actually closer to home than Michigan State or Wisconsin. So just come down here. And it works. It's a good recruiting strategy. Would so, that work at LSU or Florida? Uh, don't know. Coach who- a coach who's won a historically a coach who's won a historically hard place to win, who has an mm-hmm. un an unfamiliar or unique recruiting strategy, uh, mm-hmm. feels feels familiar. Yeah, right. Dif- different yep. recruiting strategies. I, I, One is just the transfer portal. <laughs> the other is actually mm-hmm. trying to get kids out of high school. Well, and, now, and Mark Stoops is well. I'm making a joke. Mark Stoops is a way yeah, better recruiter. But, Oh, I, I know. I know what you're talking about. No, I, I don't know that he's a way better coach than Dan Mullen. Cool. Dan recruiter, Mullen. recruiter. No, recruiter. Dan, yes. Not, he's not a, he's a Dan, Dan's a great yeah. coach. Yeah. Mark Stoops is a hardcore recruiter. And and yeah. if you go look at go look at how many people cheat off Kentucky's paper in recruiting. Like when they offer a guy, everybody boom, jumps boom, boom, in because they know they can evaluate. But Mel Tucker's another interesting one. Now, I, I, I've heard – you know, I read what, what they said about a potential contract for him. And if, if Michigan State really offers him that much money, he should sign that contract and never look back. But if that's not out there, if, if they're not going to pay $8.5 million, then I would listen to, to what people have to say. And if I were LSU or Florida or, or USC, I would, I would want to talk to Mel Tucker because that's a- Mel, Mel recruits like the guys we're talking about. Like he hadn't had a chance to do that yet, but he does it. He did right. wonders in the transfer portal to get yes. Michigan State's where they are right now, um, and, and he had to. Um, but that Michigan State job, sometimes the grass isn't always greener. Mark D'Antonio yeah. is the, the winningest coach in their program's history. He was there 13 years, won his division four times. Yeah. He would not have been at Florida for 13 years if he won his division. Correct. 
four times. I don't, so he won. He won the league. He won the league three times. Nick, if you if you win three SECs in thirteen years, if you space them out enough at Florida, you're 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 hanging in there. So, yeah, Andy's like, crazy. Andy's like, if you do it yeah, once every like, three years, and you're no, good. Nick, you're, Nick, you're quick, yeah, you got to space it out. You can't can't cluster them together. No, 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 no. no, 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 no Nick's quick. Nick went to like the the random negative. Uh, of it, but he won the conference three times. Nick, that was clever. I like it. In thirteen years, that's still pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah but how many times Florida's won the conference in the last thirteen years, Nick? I, I've been here for eight, yeah. so that's zero, zero of eight. Just once. wait. Is it? Is it? It's once. Okay, it's yeah. two thousand eight. That's right. I I can't do math. The, the the joke on my podcast is that we can't do math in real time. So he's carrying. Yeah, it's like I'm counting on my fingers, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, it's so, wild. I'm, it's my 10th year next year, Andy, and it's going to be my fourth head coach. That is crazy to think. You just said but it was your they, eighth year. I, no, 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 no. Tenth season. Confusing. Tenth season. You just skip the See, name. I already can't do math. Don't make it more confusing for me. God, no. I got to keep this running, guy around every week, uh, Andy. Um, Florida search uh, this year, um, last year took about a month. Obviously, you were in a football season uh, and everything else. When do you anticipate uh, an announcement in the next couple of weeks? Do you think we start to hear murmurs sooner rather than later? What do you What do you think? Now, the Baylor thing screwed me up because there was always rules about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And Baylor's like, no, 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 we're hiring our guy today. Like right. He's coming tomorrow. We're getting Joey McGuire now. Or so I'm sorry, the Texas Tech thing, hiring Joey McGuire from Baylor. I'm, I'm getting my Baylor open because Dave Aranda might get USC and Baylor might be open. So my, my brain is very confused at the moment. But yes, when, when Texas Tech hired Joey McGuire from Baylor and it's like, no, we just fired our coach Saturday. It's Wednesday. That's our guy. Like... I was like, okay, because normally I'd say, okay, Florida will announce its next head coach the day after his regular season ends, or if he's in a championship game, it'll be right after that. Well, like Billy Napier, for example, they're in the Sunbelt championship game. Mm-hmm. Is the Sunbelt championship game big enough to put off announcing if, if it, let's say Florida decides that's the guy, is the Sunbelt championship game big enough to put off announcing that this week? And just saying his last game will be the Sunbelt Championship game. Have a nice hurrah week. And then he's recruiting for Florida. Like, is, is that is that bad that manners? Was, that was reportedly a, a point of contention with him in Auburn last year because he did he, he was he was a want to stay and stay the course with his team. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but I don't know what the tie-in bowl is for the Sunbelt, uh, but I don't think and I don't know that it, you know Florida's in position. If that's their guy to you know hold him hostage and say sign now and do this, or else we're going to somebody else. Um, but I don't know if you know the Independence Bowl uh, is more important than taking over at Florida and starting to recruit. Right, and and I don't think I don't think that's it. I think it would be the championship game at most for December for, for a guy like a guy in that boat. Now, if it's a guy in a Power Five league that's well, playing no in a championship game. game for no- then, then you gotta wait till after the now, or if it's a, if it's if it's a coordinator of a team that's gonna make the playoff. Look, we've seen that Kirby Smart was working for Georgia and Alabama at the same time. That happened. Like, it's not like it's never happened before. Jeremy Pruitt was working for Alabama and Tennessee at the same time. So that can be done if if they go 
the hot coordinator route and somebody who's in the playoff. That's fine. Cause, cause you know, it's a good recruiting pitch actually. Hey, I'm scripting practice for this playoff practice. Mm-hmm. Want to come play for me? Yeah, I watched um, I watched Dan Mullen his first year FaceTime about twelve recruits from the from the field of the Mercedes Benz uh, Superdome in Atlanta. I don't know if it's Superdome, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Um, yeah, and I could hear him asking, "Oh, what's what's Miami's doing today?" And I'm like, "Oh, they're not playing on January 1st uh, in, in this mm-hmm. New Year's Six Bowl." That oh yeah, I mean like Tom Herman when he was the OC at Ohio State, he walks off the field after the national championship game. And, and David Bassett, the greatest sports information director in the world, who's now, who's now the PR guy for the Atlanta Falcons, walks up. This is in Phoenix, by the way. It's not in Houston. Or no, I'm sorry. It was in Dallas. So he just he'd driven up from, from Houston. Walks up and hands him a Houston hat so that he could put it on and be photographed on a field full of confetti wearing a Houston hat. Mm-hmm. Genius. Hmm. <laughs> he would be a great social media uh, coordinator as well. Well, he's this this guy's the best. He, he, the Falcons schedule releases. He's the one who does those now. Okay, those are those are classic. Those are great. Well, Andy, um, any parting thoughts? Um, you hung out for about an hour, which we which we love. You're almost appreciate. a host, Andy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fourth host. You're gonna kick the well, that, what, what that means, unfortunately, for all three of you is when I need you on my podcast and I call. You're stuck. We got to make some time. Yeah, I'm always available. Like you you must come on. You, you, can't, you can't pull the, oh, no, no. I got a thing. I got, I got a thing. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you guys putting your podcast out, uh, especially when I'm traveling. It's always nice to listen to something Sunday, you know, when I'm waiting in an airport. We, or, we, that was the Southwest. first thing we decided. I get the job, and John Hayes, who used to be Paul Feinbaum's producer who run, mm-hmm. runs our podcast, he comes up to me and says, we're going to do a show with you. You can do as many days a week as you want, but I only have one request. In the season, you have to do a show as soon as the game's in Saturday night so we can put it out Sunday morning. And I, I am all for that because I used to, for, for three years, I did the SiriusXM College Channel show from 9 to noon on Sundays. And it was great because we would take a lot of calls. People were always so frustrated. There was always so much to talk about. And and people, people loved that. You got so much feedback on that. And so... It was like the, nobody else is putting out a podcast right after the games. So yeah. now there, there's a couple more people doing it. But I, I, I was so glad. And like there's nothing more gratifying than when I wake up Sunday morning and people are sending me pictures of the breakfast they made while listening to us like that. That is the ultimate. So I appreciate everybody who does that. And uh, but I mean, it, you guys have you guys have the most loyal listeners anywhere i know that because every time i come on here it goes crazy and so yeah yeah i just i just hope i can get a little bit of the secret sauce so hopefully some of y'all will come over to the andy staple show every once in a while yeah we're, silk, we're all, silk's got the sauce you, yeah oh i know that's why i did a story on silk <laughs> silk's a big ass guy you know hey, hey, big hey, ass Andy, guy. i got that i'm putting that on i'm putting that on my wall man i don't know if you know about that but i printed it out bro oh i'm in the kush house yes, very sir. nice very nice i'm i I am honored. No. Well, I, I had been saying for years that nobody in Florida gets sports talk right. Like all the, the radio stations in Florida, except Jacksonville, the, the Jacksonville stations a little bit. They'll they'll talk some college football. But for the most part, they're all NFL or NBA. And it's like, who cares? Have you have you actually talked to anyone in this state? 
Like they care yeah, about super, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. It's super local. Like I'm down in South Florida, yeah. but and I'm a uh, a Gator fan. But all you're gonna hear on the local radio was was, was, was Hurricane talk. Um, so yeah. when up, it's not like you can turn on the AM and listen to uh, any Gator talk at all in South Florida. Yep. You kind of had to search for it online. Yeah, so I'm just I'm glad y'all are here because this is something that that Florida fans needed, and and I know you have you've got the whole network silk where you're you're taking care of Miami people and Florida State people too, and it it was necessary, <laughs> it really was. So I, I'm just glad it's here. I appreciate it, Andy. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Anytime you need me, hit me up. You got it. Next appreciate time you guys. come on, I'll, I'll, next time you come on, you can give me some compliments, and then the next time after that, it's Dan's turn. <laughs> That's right. Well, Nick, well, Nick, <laughs> Nick, I never <laughs> see you. Like, I'll, I'll give I'll give Nick compliments now. Nick, Nick gets after it in the gym. Like this oh, man yeah, is a okay. is a maniac. Man, you've seen it. Well, you see how tight his pants are. Like you have right. to, you have to never skip leg day if you're going to be daring enough to wear those pants. You strike. You want to strike you guy that does curls in the squat rack though. Never, never. But you no, don't put never. You don't put hubcaps on a Ferrari. That's why you never skip leg day. <laughs> so here, here's my thing. I don't care if you do curls in the squat rack, but the people who do curls in the squat rack never clean the bar off no, after they do the sure. curls in the squat rack. They are all animals they just I refuse did, to take put your plates back the where they belong if you're strong enough to put it on the bar and lift it you're strong enough to put it back you can take it off nah, exactly now nah. nah, nah, we don't finish my set i'm <laughs> like kind of well, weak you don't have any protein in your life you're not lifting anymore no nah, i do aerobics <laughs> <laughs> oh man andy well we appreciate it my friend thank you so much have a uh, happy thanksgiving i'm sure that you're uh, plate will rival uh, amongst the best Thanksgiving plates uh, that we see on the internet on Thursday. All right. Thank you guys. Let's do some Thanksgiving toys. Thanksgiving week. Mm. Mm. My birthday is on Thanksgiving. In your, whatever you may call it in your personal life. Um, Are there multiple favorite, yeah, favorite pie? Apple. Apple. Dutch apple. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's that's, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. so Caucasian of both of you. Well, well, here you go. Here you go. What about? I like a lot of different pie. <laughs> As you can pumpkin pie, pie or sweet pie potato pie. Which that, that's my favorite pie. Ooh, uh, pumpkin or sweet potato. Pumpkin or sweet, sweet, easy. Yeah, I like sweet potato a little bit more. Um, I'll be honest with you. One bite of each, I'll take. I'll take uh, pumpkin pie, but a whole slice, give me sweet potato. What kind of thing it, uh, is that? Explain that. Hold on. Explain that. I just I get it's tired too, of the taste of rich. I get the tired of the taste of pumpkin in about three bites. Right. So Whereas a sweet potato pie, I'll do the whole thing. Not the whole pie, the whole slice. <laughs> the whole pie. Uh it's, my it's, my favorite pie that may not be sweet potato pie is is uh pecan pie. I'm a big mm. fan of caramel though. I'm a texture guy, so I don't like the crunchy uh, pecans on. Yeah, I'm just put Oreo. Can we get them off the show already? <laughs> He's got to go. Um, a sneaky one is is blueberry. Um, I would never like bring it, but when it's yeah. there, it's like a, a nice little because the blueberries have some like tartness to it. Everything's like so yeah, yeah. sweet. Um, but for me, it's the Dutch apple pie with like a scoop of ice cream, vanilla yeah. ice cream on top. Boom, mm. boom. All right. Well, since we're gonna do this, this is. This is ad lib here. 
Uh, Silk, I know that you've changed your eating habits as of uh, the last few years, but were you a turkey or a ham guy? A uh, turkey for sure. Really? Nick? Yeah, big turkey guy. Um, my, no, my, my pops is, is, is trill with the turkey, whether he was smoking it or frying it, it came out like like trill, trill, trill as you could get it. So I'm a turkey guy. I'm both. And you can make sandwiches. Sandwiches slap. No, I'm both. You don't. It's it's Thanksgiving. You don't choose. No, you have to. We we just picked pie, Nick. We just picked pie. So now it's your turn to pick one or the other. These are the rules. It's It's a real current thing. Sponsored by Prize Picks, Nick. (laughs) Sponsored by Prize Picks. Um, I'm gonna go. You gotta have gravy on the turkey, so I'm gonna go ham. Because I I, I, that's a a crutch. Cooking your turkey, boy. Yeah, I feel like Nick, uh, you also are probably like a honey baked ham guy, right? Oh yeah, big time. See what I mean? So Nick is adding sugar and fiery every all everything else that Nick just like criticized about turkey by having to add gravy. He's adding to his all right. Yeah, uh, stretch Armstrong over there. You're, you're um, taking a leap. No, no but no, I'll, no, I'll no, choose, no, that's a great take. That's a great take, but um, I like that. <laughs> all right. So let's see. You, favorite you side cooked dish. your gravy on the ham, is what he's saying. <laughs> I put gravy on the ham too. <sighs> side dish is tough. Mm-hmm. You pick two. Okay. Um, Vari's on screens. And... I'm... <laughs> yeah, the the fall autumn leaves on yeah. Vari's plate. Um, I'm gonna go with a the the traditional sweet potato. Uh, mashed sweet potatoes that have the uh, marshmallows on them. Oh yeah, yeah broiled yeah, marshmallow yeah, 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 on top. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, with um, and, and a good mac and cheese. Mm. Now, I used to be, I used to be anti-marshmallow, but it's fire. It's alright. Yeah. Um, I like that. But I'm gonna go greens, man. Greens is the goat. Uh, dressing is it, a close mm-hmm. second. I've got a question about dressing here in a second. Um, I'm going to go dressing and and mashed potatoes. I've got probably a controversial take. We never never do mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving for some odd reason. I'll send you my grandmother's recipe. It's fantastic. Lots of heavy cream, though. So Potentially uh, controversial take. I don't like stuffing. Never makes its way to my plate on Thanksgiving. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of people like don't love stuffing. I feel like they eat it because it's tradition. Um, I, 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 I like love stuffing dressing. because of the my recipe. Aunt, my aunt, yeah. My aunt Lou Welling makes a fire dressing, bro. Like you can tell by her name, the dressing fire. Her name is yeah. Lou what? Welling. <laughs> Listen, if your name is Lou Welling, you got fire. What is dressing? Um, it's like it's, it's like stuffing, and, but it's like in a it, pan. It's like it's like dressing, bro. It's stuffing. Dressing. Well, I, I feel like the phrases are pretty interchanged, right? Like, I feel like stuffing used to be cooked inside of the turkey hole. Yes, probably. So why I got that's. The name. I, I feel like the phrase is interchangeable. Stuffing okay, and right. dressing. So well, we do dressing a would be a would be a wet stuffing. No, I think it's the what? Same. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Conversation is. with Andy Stable, you're just bringing it downhill. <laughs> yeah. You never yeah. get too high on your highs, too low on your lows. I'm trying They're, to keep us right in the middle. Dressing versus <laughs> stuffing is is the same. It's the same thing. There's okay. no, it's not wet or dry. It's Something I don't like. Just an interchangeable term. You don't. I like want to know what wet dressing would look like. 
I don't know. You said it has, it's has all that gravy, gravy that Nick puts on his turkey on side of his dressing. Mm, buddy, listen. Yeah, if you're gonna die on the anti gravy hill, that's on you. Nobody's dying on an anti gravy hill. Me up was gonna start drinking eggnog. I don't drink eggnog. We drink coquito. Coquito. Growing up in the, in the Cuban household. Add some rum chata. Yeah. Mm. That time of the year. That time of the year. Um, Silk, are you an eggnog guy? I used to be a heavy eggnog guy, oh, but yeah, my yeah, stomach yeah. don't agree to it. Now I still, I still, I'm not like totally vegan or nothing like that. So I eat eggs. I, I do eat eggs, but I don't like eggnog anymore because my stomach can't handle it, bro. It's just too, too thick. Yeah, I can. I can do about a glass of eggnog, and then done. Not even, not even the full thing. Man, when I was a kid, I used to, I used to run through a whole jug of it and have the whole house reeking, fam. <laughs> I, I add a little whiskey to it oh man now i'm talking about rum chata and whiskey I sound like an alcoholic um well hope <laughs> well, you guys have a, have a good thanksgiving i'll be down in south florida uh, in uh tomorrow actually nice so, very nice um I'll, it's my I'll birthday go. uh wednesday and florida plays uh or sorry my birthday's on thanksgiving thursday and since florida is uh, in gainesville the family's coming up so i'm hosting thanksgiving well, happy right. happy early birthday, Nick. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, announce a new head coach on your birthday. I hope not. That's work. That's 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 work. Oh, you're gonna be working. Yeah, we're gonna break um, something. It's my Larry Bird year. Uh, you do, you do, do a th- you wanna do a Thanksgiving spaces on your birthday? Mm-hmm. No. We'll, we'll do a Thanksgiving spaces. There we can go. do an egg bowl spaces. We can watch Florida's not next head coach, Lane Kiffin. Hey, and I want to apologize. We had, we had a spaces yesterday. It was a ton of fun. Um, Silk was in it for a little while, and then he just kept, and then he bounced. Um, we got a little got a little rowdy. Um, I learned yeah. that there's a mute button now, um, and I learned too that you can rescind speakerships from folks. So probably be doing that a little bit more in the future. But that was that was a lot of fun. I think we had we had over fifteen hundred people um, join us. So thank you guys. We'll we'll be doing that on Twitter a little bit more often. I was trying to keep up, man. I was just traveling. Uh, I had to drop people off to the airport, trying to travel back to South Florida. But I haven't really kicked off this whole spaces thing uh, like I wanted to. But I'm going to get involved, man. Let's do, it. I'm, I'm, let's do a Thanksgiving morning. But, uh, uh, I'm here for it. Larry Bird year, Nick. Larry Bird year. My bird year. Birdman, bird. Man, bird. That was good. Um, that was pretty good. Yeah, man. Thank you. I listened listen to a lot of Birdman and Lil Wayne in middle yeah. school and high school. Um, all right, boys, let's get into uh, some some takes. Uh, we're not going to discuss the game uh, from the other day against Missouri. Nick, do you have I fun? I do want to discuss a shout-out to um, – what is Missouri's Dean, head coach's last name? Dean Pritchard from old school. Oh, uh, <laughs> Drinkwitz. Eli, Eli Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz. Eli Drinkwitz. So shout out to him, man, for for just having the Kahuna's to go for two and put it and put them out of our miseries. Um, we appreciate that. Um, the, the Dark Vader troll just heading down like every guy that, that 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 faced Dan Mullen um kind of trolled him on the way out a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's all I, I want to say. Man, if, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna talk smack and you're gonna be the way Dan Mullen is, there's nothing wrong with it. But when you're not on top anymore, it's gonna come back to you. Um, I don't think I think Eli Drinkwitz might be hilarious, but you're I don't think he's going to win enough at Missouri 
to for us to see that and then he's gonna he's he's like a mini version of dan they're gonna end up getting sick of like his act when he goes you know five and eight or five and five and seven the bunch yeah um i think that that was his crowning achievement he threw a, a pot shot at dan mullen at sec media days if i remember correctly about dan mullen always complaining about something uh did the little darth vader thing at the end uh, had his uh, lightsaber uh, ready to go. Uh, but yes, uh, well, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at uh, Homefield Apparel. Visit homefieldapparel.com. They're going to be doing a big Black Friday uh, sale this weekend. So go visit them. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. Uh, but big savings on shirts and hoodies and things of that nature. Homefieldapparel.com. Christmas is just around the corner. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever holidays it might be. Heck, maybe even you want to buy Nick a present for his birthday. Use promo code Nick's Stadium giving. And please don't ever say that again. Um, promo code Stadium and Gale. Uh, it's definitely wet dressing on Nick's giving. Wet, wet dressing. <laughs> Pause. That's, that's wild. Um, so the Gators do lose uh, in overtime uh, to Missouri. And the Gators moved to five and six on the season with a win uh, or a, needing a win against Florida State on Saturday to become bowl eligible. Uh, not long after the game on Sunday, the Gators do announce at about one o'clock news breaks uh, that Dan Mullen is going to be or was fired, pardon me, as head coach of the University of Florida. Uh, takeaways from the game before we get into uh, a coaching search that doesn't look like it's going to last very long. Nick, it's it's interesting because um, it's it's someone I have a bunch of I have one really close friend here in Gainesville who loves coaching searches. Last year when LSU was making up stuff about Kevin O'Sullivan going, he's throwing me out baseball coach hot boards. And I'm like, you need help. Um, please stop. Um, and I'm blocking your phone number. Fans love it. I get it. It's fun. It is for us writing it and covering it. It's all consuming. Every rumor. Every message board post, every friend who has a booster, uh, you know, and their booster was because they bought tickets in, the, you know, season tickets in the in the upper deck. And now they're a booster. It said that this is happening. You have to chase it all down. So it's like 24-7. Um, I can't remember who it was that they hired, but I had to leave Christmas Eve mass one year um, because Florida made – Ed Ashoff made uh, – broke the story that, that Florida was hiring someone. So – it's not fun for us. Um, and I, this one looks like appears that Florida's dialed in on their guy and, um, and they will be, it, it looks like it'll be a quick search. Um, mm -hmm. But even if it's a 10 day, 12 day search, that will feel uh, like three months. Yeah. Today was a, was a wild day on the internet. In fact, yesterday was too. Um, I had heard at about one o'clock that there was going to be a team meeting at one 30, uh, to announce this. Um, I wasn't in a position to break that kind of story. Um, that's not a story that I would break, nor do I have all the facts and nor do I have the, uh, the steps to go through to ever break that kind of story. Um, I just said, clear your schedules at about one o'clock. Hmm. Next time um, uh, I got, I got no guy. His name's Miami. <laughs> um so no so, so I, I was i was um <laughs> yeah my right right around the time right around that same time dan i had a um a player reach out to me he's like hey what's going on i'm like what are you talking about he goes we have a team meeting i was like oh he's gone bro he's mm. like no he's not and i'm like when have you guys met on sunday he goes we don't i go what well, do you think they're throwing you a pizza party for losing to missouri 
Yeah, yeah. Like, you're, meet, you're meeting on Sunday, bro. So, there, there's only one thing that could happen. You probably have pizza. So the, <laughs> probably some some paisanos. Not as they, yeah, you, know, well, you know where they didn't have is satchels. You know why? Because Dan Mullen never went to satchels, they said. Uh, satchels are No, well, Nick, Nick. Um, so anyway, so yesterday the news comes out about 1.30. Uh, Scott Strickland has a press conference at, I believe, 3 o'clock. Correct, Nick? Yes. Uh, uh, it was 2 o'clock for me. Yeah, so it goes through everything, announces, uh, you know, the the care that the, the decision making uh, that they went through. He um, was asked about the women's basketball uh, scandal. He chose to to not talk about that, um, and then just kind of went through what I thought was a pretty routine uh, press conference. But also, he did reiterate a number of things. Uh, in there. And uh, a lot of what he reiterated was his commitment to the athletic department uh, and to football and making sure that they have the resources uh, to be able to hire not only the right coach, but to be able to equip and tool uh, the new head coach to be able to be successful. So uh, that press conference happened at about three o'clock, uh, goes until about three thirty or so. Uh, and then everything starts flying. That's when everybody has a booster friend uh, today, uh, bet online and a number of the Vegas sports outlets uh, put out who they thought would be uh, the Gators next head coach at around. See, this is about noon uh, that they started to put out. Billy Napier was plus 350, Lane Kiffin plus 500, Mario Cristobal plus 550, Bob Stoops, Mark Stoops, both at plus 800, along with James Franklin, Luke Fickle. And then you start to get in uh, to some 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 names, Eric Bieniemy and Dan Quinn. Uh, you get all the way down to Deion Sanders at plus 2,500, and then Tim Tebow at plus 10,000. All right, all right, all right, real quick, real quick. Tebow yeah. or Deion, real quick, who you hire? Dion. If I'm if I'm Scott Strickland, I am taking out a second mortgage on yeah. my home. I'm selling the car. I'm putting all of it on Tim Tebow, and then hiring him and retiring. I'm out. Nick, Nick you just say whatever on here, bro. Like, you don't care what you you don't use your platform responsibly, Nick. You just say whatever on here. No, way. it's because I said that before the show started. He just like turned <laughs> around, changed the names, passed it on. Jeez, jeez, Louise, Nick. All right, let me get through the rest of this story. So anyway, so today at about 5 o'clock, Bet Online and, and a lot of the other Vegas sports books uh, changed their odds. They have Billy Napier at plus 140, Lane Kiffin at plus 500, Mark Stoops, Mario Cristobal, and Bob Stoops the top one, uh, top five. Real in the veil. Uh, and then uh, not long before we started the show at about 7.30 Monday night, Bet Online and a number of the other uh, Vegas websites removed betting uh, to be able to bet on uh, who the Gators' next head coach now. Now, maybe you're not in, in tune with betting. What do those plus 350 numbers, plus 500? That means if you were to bet $100, you would receive $350 back if you were right, plus your original bet. So that's what those numbers mean. So for every $100 you spent, you would receive that in profit. Um, so only usually one reason that Vegas uh, – removes bids or betting options is because they don't want to lose money and news is out there potentially uh, that Florida might've made their decision. So long winded story. Uh, we had people tracking flights from VPNs overseas because us flight tracker is only domestic. Uh, we had people that knew boosters. We had a lot of funny business happen today, all in the first day. So boys, let's talk about the Gators coaching search. Happy to be here. Um, 
Nick said we wouldn't be here. He didn't see a way we'd be here, but we're here. Um, he's I like, pretty adamant, huh? Yeah, he's pretty Bro, adamant. I think that Dan Mullen listens to our podcast and he goes, I'm oh, gonna make that sure. guy look he goes, I'm gonna make for that sure. guy look like an idiot. I'll show him. <laughs> I'll get fired. He's like, I still get 12 million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, What? What chance to make Nick look dumb? I'll get fired and I'll get rich. <laughs> hey, dead Mullen being that type of guy. Petty. I like it. Um, I mean, listen, Silk said Florida was going 16 and 0. If we're sitting here in August and September, there, this is not a reality that you could have wrapped your head around. Mm-hmm. If Dan Mullen, after they lose to Georgia, I'm thinking, okay, well, Florida's going to be a, probably a double-digit favorite in their next four games. You finish eight and four, nine and four uh, with the bowl I had, game. A, I had a sneaky suspicion. You were hoping. <laughs> you were hoping. I no, I wouldn't hope. It just didn't feel like this team just never felt like no chemistry, no leadership. I just never bought it, man. Um, I just didn't see a consistent product. I didn't. I didn't think he was bought in. I didn't think he cared. Smiling, leaving the Kentucky game after that, I believe that smile was like, I don't care, no matter what he said. Catching him at a bad moment, I just didn't buy it from the beginning of the season. I was like this guy, this guy's not checked in. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew he wasn't gonna have enough to like just win all the way out, bro. So here we are. What do you feel about uh, supposedly looking like it's gonna be? Um, Billy Napier. Billy Napier. I'm sorry, drew a blank. No, you're fine. Oh. Uh, so Billy Napier, the head coach at uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette. This is his fourth year. Uh, as Andy Staples said, his first year was kind of a rebuilding year. The last three years, uh, he's done quite well. Has not won the Sun Belt. Played for the Sun Championship last year. Um, is currently undefeated. Or, pardon me, is undefeated in Sun Belt nine and one in the season right now. Um, or 10 and one uh, on the season uh, looks to be the guy that Florida is zeroing in on uh, has a, a great pedigree uh, one school. And I know that you're listening to this. You heard uh, one school that Andy forgot to mention is uh, Billy Napier went over to Colorado state with Jim McElwain for a year. Uh, saw the light and then came back. Um, <laughs> saw but, the light. <laughs> <laughs> he saw the light. He, he knew we should, we should have asked him his opinion. Uh, but uh, Billy Napier is an up-and-coming name known as a tenacious recruiter. Um, it's a couple that with a tweet earlier that I said today about uh, about him landing a bunch of five stars at Alabama and how you have to look beyond that. That comment wasn't a dig at Billy Napier. It's just a, a lot of coaches go to Alabama and can, can land five stars. My comment there is that, that Billy Napier has always been known to be not only a tenacious recruiter, but a great relationship builder. Uh, you know, Andy said it, he's probably not the biggest rah, rah mayor type of coach. Uh, but I think that he's a guy that really relates to players, really recruits, relates to recruits, uh, relatively young guy. Um, but is going to need to build and upgrade his staff. So, you know, if he does come to Florida and we're not announcing that a decision has been made or a hire has been made officially and lines have been dotted, but it is a matter of, you know, if and when Billy Napier does come, what his staff looks like and, and what the infrastructure that he builds is. Yeah, I think he takes this job, and we, I'm look. I'm not looking at him to run my office or anything like that. Uh, whatever coach, if it's not Billy, I want a CEO – approach um i think having play callers as your head coach is a little bit overrated these days um i don't think nick saban's doing it anymore uh, kirby's not doing it anymore i think the future of, of football is just too many duties and responsibilities so 
I like this. I like I like the CEO approach. If that's if if it is Billy Napier, um, I also like how calculated he is. He turned down some jobs in the past that could have got him some bigger checks and into the SEC. So I do think he's a calculated guy. He's chosen good jobs. Leaving McElwain was a smart decision. So it, it's, he seems like a calculated guy that makes great decisions. Bro, why is my dog Matt catching stray bullets tonight from the both of you? Just trying to spread peanut butter to the crust. He knows that Antonio Callaway doesn't like the crust. Um, hey man, we we pretended to like, like we pretend, be, pretend be to like cool. him for a little bit. Yeah, to be cool with the way he wore his shoes and shit, like a lot of goofy shit. Well, what about the pleats on Dan's pants with his Jordans? Baggy khakis and Jordans. Not not a great look. Yeah. Anyway, back to Napier. Um, yeah. I, I think I think it would be a good hire. Um, my, so my cons would be, uh, obviously, the caveat is that he was 29 years old at Clemson, um, was fired after two years. Uh, the first year, the offense was good. Second year, took a little bit of a downturn. The only other one, uh, and, and I give him a pass, 29 years old. I mean, he wasn't even mm-hmm. 30 years old when he, when he was there. Um, mm-hmm. The only other one is that Which is crazy. You're, with Nick, you're with Nick Saban for a while, and, and there's a bunch of turnover with, with coordinators, and you were never – looked at to be the guy and there's always seems to be somebody on staff or, you know, stashed away in the basement in, in the rehab, um, you know, watching film and, and cutting stuff up that, that gets promoted inside that program to it. And, and Billy was never, but I think, I think never he promoted was to play calling. Was he towards the, towards the end when Nick did start like hiring big time offensive coordinators though? Yeah, I mean, he was there when Lane, like when Lane Kiffin was there. Um, yeah, Doug yeah, right. but, but then, but then, but then, when I go, you go and look at, and it's it's ULL, and I mean, they'll have some, they'll have some games against, you know, like they went up to Iowa State one year, they played at Texas to start this year, that's their only loss, um, and they might, you know, might not be able to compete with with that just because of the level of talent that you can get at Lafayette right. versus Texas. But I don't, I don't love him as a play caller at. Louisiana, and I think, like you said, Silk, I Steve Spurrier had a quote and said, "Listen, if you if you got a job to be a head coach because you were really good at calling plays, don't give that to somebody else. Keep doing what got you here." But I think I would rather him find find a great defensive coordinator and find a great offensive coordinator, and you you worry about controlling your program. He seems to be from the mm-hmm. from the people I've talked to, somebody who will almost micromanage a little bit. He wants to have total control over his program, and I can't mm-hmm. you can't fault him for that. Um, you know, you're the head coach; you're going to get blamed for everything. Control it, but I'm also a person who says, "Hey, if you know, like if if, if I'm trying to build, if I'm trying to rebuild a, a motor in a car, I don't know how to do that. Find someone that knows how to do it and, and let them do it." Um, I think he yeah. got to see he got to see two of the best do it with with, with yeah. Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban, so he, he has a good idea of how to run a program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it goes into, you know, it's not necessarily just, you know, teetering in, in other people's business and, um, you know, being overprotective and, and getting involved in places that you you hired a coach to do. Um, you know, I think one of the things that you see Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, Dabo, and a lot of the other coaches that have been successful, you know, even Steve Spurrier, you know, were hyper interested in, in what their staff was doing, were very involved and not play calling 
necessarily are not into development, but in making sure that they're working together towards a common goal and being accountable to one another and being accountable to recruiting and being accountable to development and being accountable for that room. Right. And I think that that's some of the things that when we talk about what, you know, Dan Mullen didn't do great at and a lot of it came down to organization. And, you know, I mentioned it yesterday on, you know, our spaces that we had is that, you know, just because you're a great offensive coordinator, a great defensive coordinator doesn't necessarily make you a head coach. I Dabo Sweeney was never an offensive or defensive coordinator before he became a head coach. You know, there's a, there's a lot of coaches that have been very successful in the NFL that were not, you know, the, the world's best offensive or defensive coordinator. It takes a lot of organization. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of strategy and it takes a lot of buy-in to be able to be successful, not just being great at calling plays because Dan Mullen was great at calling plays, but he wasn't great at managing a football program. Um, and so that's one of the things I do like about Bailey Napier because everything that I've said and heard or everything that I've heard about him said was that he's fantastic with organization, whether it was when he was at Alabama, Arizona State, or at University of Louisiana Lafayette. I, that, I just got like some flashbacks to Mac, which is something that we we loved because McElwain took Saban had, I think it was a 36-month calendar that Saban had, and McElwain took that. Because you, you have to be like that detail oriented and, and looking that far ahead when it comes to recruiting and things like that. But I do like it. I don't know if it worked out for McElwain or maybe he wasn't, um, maybe he wasn't ready at that point to to run it like that. But I, I do like that Saban has that, and that's probably something that that Napier got from working in that Saban, you know, in, in that program. Yeah, I, th- I don't think any of the candidate candidates have like a perfect resume. Um, mm-hmm. I think Napier has like things about him that I don't like, but I do like his ceiling. I think he has a very high ceiling. He's he's obviously show like coaches like Dabo and, and and Nick Saban that he was a a valuable coach at a young age. He was at, he was doing some good things, and like we all like we always say on this show, like like Andy just said, like it's a, it's a, like the, choosing these coaches is like choosing a recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, fit matters. So he could have been bad fits at some pro, at some different different situations, and it could work out for Florida, and it may not. But on paper, I think um, I like him over even um, Stoops, either oh. Stoops, either one, ah, pick either, either pick. Stoops. Now, I don't care which one you pick. I think their ceiling or low is low. I think uh, Mark Stoops is Dan Mullen again, in my opinion. You may upgrade recruiting a little bit, but. That ceiling is low, man. I see him do some egregious things when he's coaching. Um, so no, I, Silk, I think that you're right. Um, you know, I a, a point that I also want to, I think, is is important to make is that that Florida isn't didn't fire Dan Mullen to hire Billy Napier. And I know that that sounds, or whoever the coach might be, I know that sounds weird to say, but you know, Florida had to move on because of decisions that they made internally to say, Hey, we need to move on because we are not upholding a certain standard. That doesn't mean that the person that's being hired is a one-to-one comparison or that a one-to-one comparison can be made. You go out and you look for the criteria of what you're looking for. And does the person that you're looking for hit these criteria? What are our non-negotiables? What are the things that we would like to have? What are some, some added pluses, right? So when you do that, you, you go out and you look for that organization, you look for that structure of what you want in a coach. So this coaching search could be over very, very quickly. Um, 
this isn't Florida didn't make their first phone calls today. Uh, Florida didn't make their first phone calls yesterday. This has been something that's been in the works for a while. Um, so when people talk about due diligence and what did Florida do or did Florida settle on a guy that's unproven? Well, there's a lot of proven coaches that have been hired that didn't work out. And there's a lot of unproven coaches that have been hired that didn't work out. You have to have your uh, list of what you proven that's on the board, though. I don't think anybody's proven. Like I've seen no, Lane Kiffin just... name out there. He's not proven. Um, Mark Stoops not proven. None of these guys to me really are proven. They have some have some power five experience. Bad year. Um, have a bad year. What was that? It was a bad year to have a bad year for, right. for a coach. Right. Mm-hmm. Or for, for a school. What do you think about Lane Kiffin? Woo! I have so – my guy. If you're watching on YouTube, here's my bobblehead that I got last year of Lane. Um, Lane Kiffin, for, from my professional standpoint, love it. Content forever. Mm-hmm. Infinity content. I personally think Lane Kiffin would be a beautiful disaster at Florida. And we'd be sitting here three years from now talking about who's Florida going to be three, four years from now, who's Florida going to get to coach their team again. Scott Strickland in, in his press conference Sunday said sustained success. There you go. Eight times. Lane Kiffin hasn't had sustained employment at one place for more than four years in his career. He's letting you know it's not Lane. I, I don't think I don't think Scott Strickland even calls Lane Kiffin. So yeah, you no, you don't agree with Vegas. No, well, he's not the favorite. He's not the favorite. He's no. Second favorite, right? Yeah, he was the second favorite. Yeah. If, you, if you're not first, you're last. Ricky Bobby, Andy that's Staples. Fact. You know, I think one of the things that's interesting, and, and Lane Kiffin has an interesting story. Now, I'm not 100 percent against Lane Kiffin like one day in the future. Um, But Lane Kiffin's story, when you think about a lot of like looking past his tomfoolery, a lot of it doesn't not make sense, right? A lot of people is like, oh, he's not had sustained success. And you're right, Nick, he hasn't. And I think that, you know, he's going to need to get that before, you know, because his, his history uh, does still weigh, you know, very heavily on him, but, you know, he became a head coach. I mean, we talk about, um, Billy Napier being an offensive coordinator when he was 29. I mean, Lane Kiffin was an NFL head coach when he was like 30, right? So uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, goes to the Oklahoma Raiders. He gets fired. or um, Oakland Raiders, sorry. Uh, goes to Tennessee, is there for a year, leaves for USC, which is an improvement of a job, right? It doesn't work out there. Just a lot of reasons he gets fired. He goes to Alabama goes through the Nick Saban car wash, ends up being an offensive coordinator to win the national championship, right? Then he goes to FAU. That's a good, decent move for him. And a guy that if he didn't have his baggage would have probably gotten a better job from being Alabama's offense coordinator. He goes there, has some success, goes, turns that into a job at Ole Miss, again, a step up. So I think Lane Kiffin is probably, you know, two or three years away from being able to have a job like a, a Florida, Texas think, A&M, like a big, you know, a big blue you know, I blood think it's the nuances of the things he do at all those jobs and how he left. And, yes. he, and it still and it still don't come up as he as if he's matured. Right. Um, with some of the things he does now, you know, on Twitter, uh, the way he left and was Love trolling it. Nick Saban a little bit. Like Love a it. lot of stuff he do, it's like childish. So it, like it. when people yeah, it's funny to us for like writing <laughs> and shit like that content. But if I'm an AD, I'm just like, how, how mature is this guy? You know, like, 
some of the stuff that he did, the way he left Tennessee was egregious. Uh, he, no, he took yeah. a step up, but the way he left was crazy. So people still questioning whether or not he's maturing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree, right? But that was also 13 years ago. No, but he's he's trolling like Nick Saban. When, like, I no, no, I get that. Job. No, no, and and I'm not saying again. I'm not vouching for Lane Kiffin to be the head coach at Florida ever. Yeah, no, in fact, my crazy. biggest disagreement with like hiring Lane Kiffin is that like, if you look at recruiting classes, he was one of the few SEC schools ranked below Florida, right? Um, back mm-hmm. when Florida, you know, had their command. I think they're ranked like 36 in the country right now. So, you yeah, know, FIU, I, I recruited him when he was at FAU, which is a great. Right. So, you know, I think that Lane Kiffin, yes, still has a lot of growing up to do, but I also do think that somebody, a big school is going to give oh, him no doubt. Uh, a, a job soon, but it's definitely not going to be Florida. Lane Florida Kiffin. cannot afford Lane Kiffin to be at the University of Florida. Not money-wise, just um, image-wise. I, uh, I was talking to um, a coach, um, not a Florida coach, um, at a different program, and he said Lane Kiffin um, wants – to coach at Miami and he thought that Lane Kiffin and his agent or uh, the agency would use Florida as leverage to get Miami to make a move to get scared. Um, I think they probably would have fired Manny if they would have lost to Pitt, but they beat Pitt. Now there's a report coming out saying that uh, Manny's going to stay at Miami. I think Lane Kiffin wants, I think Lane Kiffin got a little taste of South Florida and Boca where he still has the house that he, that he purchased when he was at FAU uh, and wants to see if it's a little spicier, a little farther down south. Um, that coach thought that Lane was going to try to use Florida to leverage Miami to make a move on Manny and, and get Lane down to Miami. I, I don't think Lane will be at Ole Miss for much longer, but he's not coming. I don't think he's coming to Gainesville. And that's why I think, that's why I think he gets a little greedy. Uh, if mm-hmm. I'm him and I think I could get the Manning boy, I'm patient. Yeah. You know, like, what's the rush out of there to get to a Miami lifestyle? Like, they're still questioning his maturity. You know what I'm saying? Still back to mm-hmm. the same old lane, in my opinion. Um, Joey Freshwater. Right. Because if I got that type of recruit, I'm at Ole Miss, which is a, a step up from FAU. Let, let me establish myself a little bit. That way I make my next move something real big and work. They're not, I'm gambling and playing around with Miami. I can get this Manning kid. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's a generational player, right? I mean, that's a, that's a Tim Tebow like where, where people are going to commit, you know, right. to wherever he commits. Right. So no, so I think that you're, you're right. Um, you know, I do think that Lane Kiffin has some, some, you know, some improvement that he needs to do in recruiting if he wants to have sustained success, you know, obviously Arch Manning's out there, you know, he had Matt Corral when he took over Ole Miss and turned him into a, you know, a Heisman trophy contending quarterback. That's a that's a senior that's a senior flooded roster. Mm-hmm, uh, and right. he knows quarterback room got issues, that team's gonna struggle next year. So he's trying to vote while he's having a hot year. Yeah. I mean, let's see, who are some of the other names? Uh I got some this? yeah, I got some names. Um and we had uh, Bob. So next was Mario <laughs> Cristobal. Mm-hmm. Um, from Oregon, uh, you know, uh, former FIU head coach was on Willie Taggart's staff uh, at Oregon. Uh, I was telling him, so he just got smoked by Utah. He's like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" A little bit. Somebody, um, somebody on our message board called him the Cuban Ron Zook, and I thought it was hilarious. 
because Damn, he's a that's good, good coach. Because he's that's a great, good. great recruiter. But listen, like it, because if you look at his overall Damn, record, good. the Cuban Ronza. Okay, he's Miami. Get him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, his overall record is 61 and 59. So you look at that and you're like, yeah, that's the Cuban Mark Zuck. Um, but he was 24 and 27 at FIU. Nobody wins at FIU. You can win at FAU. FIU is a program for whatever reason. Um, you're not, it's not, you're not gonna win there. Um, didn't Butch Davis go there and he's not he couldn't win there. He won at Miami. Um, he's 34 and 12 at Oregon, 22 and 9 um inside the conference. Um the thing with Mario, he just got an extension. Uh, it's a $9 million buyout. You have people out West. I don't want to, you know, uh, offend anybody, but they, there's not the passion. Um, there's not the pressure and people just don't know football or care about football out West. Like they do at in Gainesville or in the sec. Um, you've got Nike money, like literal, literal Phil Knight, Nike money. They've got unbelievable facilities. Um, and, and he's building like a little West Coast Alabama out there. That, so I, I don't think I, would, I, I think I would like the hire if they got him, but I don't know other than getting closer to home why he would leave. And I right. think Miami fans are crazy to think that he would leave Oregon and everything that he has to go to Miami with a smaller recruiting budget, a smaller budget for his assistance, worse facilities. Like because he just he just and and when you go week. home when you go home and you're the hometown guy there's more pressure to win right yeah there's like there's a, about a fifty million dollar investment that you're making over three years for Mario Cristobal yeah between buyout between salary. guaranteed contract between upping salary between uh, staffs yeah I mean that's that's a that's a, a crap ton of money uh, for a school like Miami that they don't have. But, but the money's the money's about to be fake. The money's about to be monopoly money. When when ESPN, just, when ESPN, the, money. the ESPN TV contract, ESPN, uh, the SEC gets fifty five million dollars from CBS every year uh, for the SEC game of the week for the rights to that. Uh, ESPN said, "Cool, how about three hundred million dollars a year?" They signed mm-hmm. a ten year, three billion dollar contract to get the rights for that game. Miami. No, I'm talking about Florida. I'm talking about, about Florida making the. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm we saying it's Florida. That, oh, I'm not following. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the the SEC money is about to be ridiculous. So you're gonna yeah. see like you're gonna you're, you're gonna, gonna see, hijack like, the conversation, bro. Like, what where, where do we just go? I'm gonna go eat dinner. <laughs> uh, so no, Nick, not you're not you're not wrong on what you're saying. Um, I was hoping that you would bring that up a little bit earlier in the conversation about how much money uh, and why I think that uh, I, I do want to ask you how much you guys think that Florida is going to throw out this next uh, head coach, but let's go down the list a little bit more. So we're, we're through Napier a bit. We're through Kiffin. We're through Cristobal. Uh, Bob Stoops name uh, came out and I'm pretty sure this right, is what I'm the Florida a, Gators hire for a head. No, coach. no, no. You can't leave until we get to Kerwin Bell. Yeah. yeah. So this is the Gators. <laughs> Let's see. Zuck, my, yeah. No, so Curran Bell, Bell comes up after the head coaching hire. Then, then it's like the OC rumor. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, don't worry. Somebody said, why doesn't Emmett Smith uh, get contacted for this job earlier? Mm. Oh, no, no. We bring a cider back. Yeah, yeah. So this is, <laughs> no, I'm talking about for the head coaching job. So this oh, is the, my bad. The fifth, oh, Emmett, the head coach. This will be the, this will be the fifth, the, pardon me, the sixth head coaching search 
that has happened since Bob Stoops left Florida. Mind you, Bob Stoops was at Florida for, for three years uh, before he took the job at Oklahoma. Um, yes, the Gators won a national championship. Um, an Iowa guy, not a Florida guy. Uh, this will be the sixth head coach search. I'm pretty sure that Bob Stoops' name has been floated every single time. Um, and that's, I why we, that's why we all wore IDOC last year. We, we depending know depending on who Bob you Stoops. ask, Bob Stoops had agreed to, the, to be the Florida head coach uh, before they got Dan Mullen. Oh, and before they got Jim McElwain. And before uh, they got <laughs> – and, and every coach. And every coaching guy. I so. thought it was before Muschamp too. Yeah, maybe oh, yeah, every sure. every time, every for single sure. time, Florida has a coaching. Uh, and listen, I think I think what it is is some people might have, you know, boosters, older boosters that remember that Steve Spurrier's defensive coordinator. Of course, of course, Bob wants to come yeah, back. Like, he's, hey, man, he's sixty-one. He hasn't coached in five years, and the reason he stepped down was for health. That's not what Scott Strickland is looking for in his in his sustained success over a long term. Again, 61. Have people seen Bob Stoops? I've seen Bob Stoops here and there. He don't look like he, he – like He's probably some tequila these days. Right, he right. He's bobbing. He looks like yeah, he's yeah. very happy yeah. to be retired. Oh, mind right. you, his wife is like one of like the biggest Mary Kay-like distributors like in the world. So, like, there is no shortage of money uh, in the Stoops family. So – um, still going. I didn't know that shit was still popping. Like that. Anyone, my grandma used anyone. to sell that stuff. That's um, wild that you're like his wife is also making lots of money. I'm like, he's probably made like a hundred million dollars in contracts. Like, how much money is Bob Stoops? Like, he just they each have generational wealth. Um, yes, <laughs> fantastic. Let's see, Carol Stoops. I want to pull up some some information about. About her, <laughs> Silk's like, wait, maybe, maybe, uh, Christmas is around the corner. Maybe we should call Bob. I might have to get, might have to get the wife something. Yeah, I'm gonna, pull, I'm gonna pull this up a little bit because I know. What's on this shit, is. man? I don't want to talk about yeah. Bob Stoops anymore. So we had Bob Stoops, then <laughs> okay. Mark Stoops. We had Mark Stoops, head coach at Kentucky. Um, then talk, James. We already talked about him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Then James Franklin. James Franklin, in my opinion, is a guy that was the hottest name in coaching. Seven games in, Penn State six and one. Top five in the country, they lose a bunch of games in a row. No, shout out um, to my man Larry. I, I don't understand. Gonna... I don't understand why why Franklin is is keeping these jobs or sought out sought out so so much. Um, he hasn't really done much. Even at Vanderbilt, he didn't do a whole James, lot. James Franklin is an extortionist. He's about to get a bunch of money from Penn State because his name's been mentioned with every single. Right. Coaching right. hire, coaching opening that comes up. James Franklin, James Franklin. And Penn State's going to keep him. Scary. He's going to get a bunch of money from him. Yeah, he's there's definitely going to something. There's apparently uh, some discussion that there might be an extension uh, in play for Penn State tomorrow. So Tuesday, oh, yeah, the day you're listening to this for, I mean, we're talking monster money uh, at Penn State. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, Good for James Franklin. I mean, he turned one spectacular season at Vanderbilt where they won 10 games uh, into dozens of millions, if not up into the, the hundred plus yeah, I said million on, dollar. Range. I said on the roll up, he's black mullen. And, um... <laughs> yeah, but at least uh, Dan Mullen got his team ranked number one in the country one time. Uh, and has three New Year's Six Bowl appearances. Right, I don't think right, James right. Franklin has that uh, in a much easier conference um, completely. So uh, then we move down to Luke, Luke Fickle. Fickle. Yeah, plus 900. I, uh, like, Luke Fickle. Fickle, I like Fickle too, but he, he's – I think you're going to have to wait for them. 
Yeah, no, yeah, you're gonna have to wait for Fickle. Yeah, we, we're not gonna get Fickle, but I do like Fickle. I just want to put that on record. Like, I do. I think Fickle's a good coach. I don't know. If he want to leave. It. Could he recruit outside the Midwest? Would it be a culture fit? I don't know, but I do like what what, what he does on paper. I think, I think he's. I think he's a Midwest guy. I think Ohio, right. Indiana, you know, those are the states that he'll be in. You know, I did hear something interesting, uh, you know, that USC might. Um, Their names in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that they might okay. uh, target right. Brian Kelly for that USC job. They said that if that ever were to happen or if Brian Kelly were to leave, you know, that Notre Dame and yeah. Luke Fickle look perfect for one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Silk, was, Silk was like, is he talking out the side yeah, of his no. neck? Luke Fickle ain't going to Indiana? I don't know, Hoosers. You're like, oh, Notre Dame's there. Okay, yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then we got uh, Matt Campbell from uh, Iowa State, you know, a guy that last year uh, had a pretty good year for, for Iowa State. Ends up losing trying a couple to sell of them, but I ain't buying him. Yeah, I don't either. I know he's Who? kind of a different kind of guy. You know, Iowa Matt State a, is a very tar- hard place to win at. Um, but Matt Campbell is is known to be kind of a different guy. I yeah, don't know you, if his stick or his PJ Flex stick would really work in Florida. You you like to uh, oh my god! If PJ Flex came to Florida and he had his first like four and four start, people would be breaking yeah, breaking oars in the stands. Row right. this boat. Um, no, no, we we I said this on Twitter and I'm gonna say it on here. We're riding like it's the capital <laughs> if they hire PJ Flex. <laughs> I uh, laughed out horn, loud when I got some Viking I horns and a coat. What's up? <laughs> Viking, Viking horns and some <laughs> animal fur. Yes. No <laughs> way you bringing PJ Fleck in here. No. I laughed out loud when I read your tweet. Um, Dan, you like the flyover states. Have you been to Ames, Iowa? I have been to Ames, Iowa. Any redeemable qualities? No, sir. Okay. So it's been there a long time. Ames is interesting. It's uh, it's like 40 minutes from Des Moines and Des Moines is actually a pretty cool little town uh, there in Iowa. I was in Ames for a day uh, and one night I used to work in higher ed consulting. People are wondering why I was in Ames. You don't work everywhere. Um, bro, Dan has worked everywhere in the world, bro. That was, that was uh, my job for two <laughs> years. I traveled all over. <laughs> bro, um, every, every show. It's a new random city you worked at, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was only there for two days. So, um, so Ames in the middle of nowhere. They do have a good barbecue place. I'm forgetting the name. I'm sure Andy knows. Uh, but it's a small town, a very small town. Uh, I mean, it is a college town. It, you know, it's it's the ag school of Iowa. Uh, but uh, but Ames is not a place that I'd want to live. But um, you know, people are people are built different. So yeah, people um, live I, there. Yeah, people live there a lot. <laughs> a lot of people that live there, and you know, he's he's turned himself a pretty nice career. You know, the thing is, is you know, they still get a lot of money. You know, being a Big Ten school, um, or Big Twelve school, Big Ten, Big Twelve school. Sorry, yeah. the, the number knows? of teams in the conference. Yeah, so Big count 12 the number school. of teams, and that's not the number of the conference. Uh, let me tell you what: making three, four million dollars, whatever his salary is in Ames, Iowa, goes. I mean, you can you can buy no the doubt. city. And it buys you a lot of corn. Um, yeah, that buys you a, a, a yeah, ton so of corn. Um, so you then we get up. down the list. Uh, so this is a name that. So uh, do you think Dan's CIA? A little bit. He might be. Yeah, he's like he's everywhere I've been. <laughs> all these different jobs, bro. Telling you what. Um, so then next down the list, right, this is the name. Up, I was I was surprised. <laughs> Uh, to see this name, Eric B. Enemy, the offensive coordinator uh, at Can- uh, for the Kansas City ah, Chiefs. I've seen that. I didn't want to go full Willie Taggart on that one, but man, I was I like that on the paper. That was a, that was a nice I didn't want to go full Willie Taggart like I did last time. 
He's been connected to some college jobs in the past. Uh, has interviewed for a, a multitudinous number of uh, head coaching positions uh, in the NFL as well. Has not gotten one yet, but uh, is a name that's out there. Uh, his name fell off pretty quickly. Uh, next was Dan Quinn and then Bill O'Brien and then uh, Wake Forest head coach Dave Clawson. I Dan Quinn either. I know if you're a Falcon fan, you probably like ride my mentions. Um but I wasn't mad at Dan Quinn name being on the neither. I, I wouldn't mind Dan Quinn. And then, so I really like Dave Clawson. Uh, we talked a little bit about it oh, last no. week. Cool I told you Dave that Clawson. he's a guy that's not interested in Florida. Um, you know, I don't know if his whole he, – he runs a mesh scheme that I don't know would work on offense, you know, in the SEC. Uh, but I do think that he's a successful coach. But, you know, that would have been a tough hire after uh, Wake Forest loses again. Uh, last week. Then we get in a silly season. Deion Sanders at plus 2,500. <laughs> Urban Meyer at plus 5,000. And then this is just Las Vegas begging you to just give them money. Tim Tebow at plus 10,000 would round out the betting odds for the Gators head coach. Oh. Oh. I mean, and then, well, I guess that's it. There's no more odds. The odds odds are gone now. No, no, they got Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier, what are his odds? Steve Spurrier's and odds. They, did, they say listed. Spurrier was a key, was a pivotal, or was a key part in getting mudded up out of here, right? Did somebody report that? They Paul sure Feinbaum said that. Paul Feinbaum said it on a podcast, and then um, on he three, hit his ass out of here now. Well, he's got to go. Well, <laughs> yep, Scott. Well, Dan, there's no more wine for you. See ya. This isn't the standard. <laughs> well, all right, Scott, you need me? I got nine holes to hit. <laughs> Call me if you need me. Uh, so um, if Billy Napier is the coach, Silk, you seem like you're on board. Um, Nick, your thoughts? I'm on board with any coach. I'm going to lie by anybody. So if they decide. <laughs> uh, Tim Tebow? Except Dave Clawson. Except <laughs> Dave Clawson. That's what I'm just like, all right, y'all ain't even trying. Nah, P.J. Fleck. They hired P.J. Fleck. We riding. And then Clawson, <laughs> I ain't feeling that either. Um, but most of these I, I, coaches I lie about. I'm picturing Silk with, like, those those Viking horns. Um, some That's kind of fact. fur. Some kind of fur running up to Ben Hill Griffin it's in my Stadium. It's and pounding. In my Amazon cart, just in case. <laughs> just pounding on PJ Flex window. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got to do like what Tennessee did, man. Remember Tennessee? Oh, with Flip. my Greg Chiano. We got Chiano out of there. The revolution will be televised. Yeah. <laughs> that was the wildest coaching search in coaching search history. The Greg Shiano, man. So they, and, they, they didn't hire Greg Shiano because of what they happened. Damn it, like on Twitter, the, the, the Tennessee football account was like tweeting, like retweet for this coach, like for this coach. They were crowdsourcing. They were like, all right, how bad is this going to be? Let's ask our fans. Hey, y'all like this? Oh, my God, no. They do not like this. Pull the contract. Pull the contract. Eject. Eject. I mean, they, had, they were talking to like that Mike Leach. Wild. They were talking to Greg Shiano. They were talking to Mike Gundy. Bro. I mean, they they had seventy one people hired that before <laughs> these, they all said no. These universities That's paid the millions of dollars of for search firms. The best they part paid, of Dan Mullen hired was all that shit happening. They paid well, millions of dollars for search firms. Tennessee <laughs> was like, "Yo, what if we just put a Twitter poll up? <laughs> what if 
What if we saved a little cash and just asked our fans who they want to coach the team? They just need to get, they just need to have their pulse on Twitter a little bit more. And then they need to pull in a group, right? You know, pulling Silk and Harrison, a couple other people. Just be like, hey, who do you guys want to hire? You guys say you guys are a tune. Um, what do you think? What do you guys think this contract goes for dollars wise, Nick? Um, this is I don't want to say it's gonna be cheap, um, but Billy's only making two right now. Um I'm not sure. I have to look into the bio. I had it. I have it written I down. I think Billy's been asking for some big bread, bro. Yeah. I th- I, I'm, but, I'm like I just said, like, like, <laughs> like I just said, everyone in the SEC, the SEC is about to be playing Monopoly. They're the banker, and everyone they're playing with is blind. They're just robbing it. The money's fake. They're throwing it. Like Ja Rule's throwing jewelry. It doesn't matter. Um, you can throw it at them. You can, you can go into debt right now. Cause you're going to make, I think what's, what's 300 million divided by 16. Cause you're going to have 16 teams in there soon. <laughs> That's enough to pay whatever buyout and his entire coaching salary, just, you know, from what ESPN is going to give you uh, in a year for TV rights. So if he wants, uh, it's going to be his first power five job. So I don't know that you're going to get, you're not going to get a 7.5 million like Dan. I think you might get, um, you have to be competitive. So probably 6 million in, in that range. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you, you, you have to, and I think Scott Strickland will. I think he's been given the green light to spend because, like Andy said, you get two chances as an AD in the SEC to hire a football coach. If if you're wrong, it, it, there's no three strikes. If you go to O two, you're out. Um, I think he's gonna. He's been giving the green light to spend, and Billy Napier's got to have a a bunch of money to go and hire his assistants that he wants. Um, and and I, I think that Florida will give him, you know, that freedom. Yeah, I think I think overall the bread of the staff got to go up big time. When you look around, like, what the, the competitive staffs are getting paid, we're we not close. And I, I, it's the million-dollar coordinators, that's normal. Yeah. But that ain't that – Well, ain't I think Florida, Florida paid um, – you know, Florida, no, Florida's well. gotten much better in the yeah. ass. Florida, Florida's not didn't under Dan Mullen. You know, they paid some coaches cheaply, I think, because they could. Um, like Christian Robinson, because they could. Like, what is that? That's what I'm saying. We can't. We gotta go pay the. Top well, no, no, no. Coach. I get it. I, yeah, but yeah. I don't think. I don't think it was. We don't have the money, therefore we need to be cheap. I think Florida was like, "Hey, we're just going to be cheap." No, I, I'm not saying. Yeah, you know we, I mean? I'm not saying but, we're being cheap. I'm saying what we should be spending. To compete with the best, we need to be. We don't need to be paying a, a, a one first time linebacker coach because right. he's a first time linebacker coach yep. ninety grand. That makes sense, but no, nah, we don't need to be doing that. We need to be yeah. paying a, a linebacker coach some big bread. This is University of Florida, like none of that type of shit need to go down. We need to get the best coaches available for the job and pay appropriate money. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, yeah. I'm gonna be more concentrated on that. Uh, there is some rumors about Napier asking for certain demands um, when, when, when he's questioned or interviewed for a job. Um, so I think he's vetting the University of Florida and is going to want some type of commitment on his end as well as far as uh, infrastructure and staff-wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're coming in- into Florida at a really good time. Um, right. Opening, you're going to open that that brand-new facility. And, and Andy's right. Florida's he, he, he a decade pay, behind. Man. He's seen yeah, what it okay, takes yeah, at Bama, yeah, the size of the staff. He know sure. what he need, and I'm pretty sure he's making those type of demands at, at University of Florida. So I'm expecting to see a, a, a some big bread spent, Nick. And what I what I think is like most frustrating, like when I hear that, is that like it doesn't really take that much more money to add 
three, four, five people to a recruiting staff. I mean, right. you're talking all in benefits, right. everything else, a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, these guys aren't making, you know, hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, I think if you spend, you know, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars, get some additional staff help, you know, really put in a director of, you know, personal player personnel and recruiting, you know, right. operations that's super connected with the kids, you know, and this is no slight to anybody that's there. And again, I also want to make this, this comment. Um, I tweeted it yesterday. Um, I don't feel bad for, for Dan Mullen. Like it sucks to get fired. It's the first time that he's ever gotten fired in his career. He's going to make $12 million. The, the rest of the staff, all of them, I think, are going to end up on making good money. I feel, and my heart goes out to those support staff, you know, folks that are going to lose their job, to those that may not be able to get another job. I do feel for those people. But I do think that there's going to be a whole host of changes uh, in every aspect of, um, you know, Gator football athletic or Gator football. I do think our – I think we have a great, like, design team, and that's not just because – I know camps and uh, some of the other folks on that team, but um, I, I think you add five, six, seven people and that pays dividends uh, when it comes to either scouting, uh, you know, recruits or, or just being available on, on visits and things of that nature. Um, that those are the people that I feel bad for. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel bad for, for Dan Mullen. Um, I, I don't feel bad for any of the coaches, you know, that it, it's cutthroat. Um but it can be very lucrative and, and they know what they signed up for. Um, I feel bad for the GAs uh, that are, you know, making hundreds of dollars a month, um, you know, and, and I feel bad for the the people that help out in the recruiting office that aren't making money or the interns that are, are making, you know, $14 an hour and, and you know, working overtime and, and covering three different sports. And, and, and I feel bad for those people because, a lot of times when when a head coach comes in, they get their entire infrastructure in, and that means mm-hmm. taking some of those people that have done their social media, that have done their recruiting, that you know, that e- even you know the 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 Deidre churches and, and and Lee Davises of the world who follow a coach and and, and they're really just facilitating on on campus visits and things like that. Like those people typically lose their jobs when this stuff happens. I feel for for those people, not the coaches making. Uh, eight figures for mm-hmm. being bad at their job. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, uh, to answer the question uh, that we had earlier, I think that Billy. Well, well, well said, well said, Nick and Dan. Yeah. Everybody, I want to be sensitive to to everybody and their, their jobs and their families and because families get relocated and all that stuff with this. So, Oh yeah. I mean, we're talking uh, about dozens of people. Yeah. Right. Not, not right. beyond coaches. Um, right. You have GAs, that are going to be moving. Um, you have analysts that are going to be moving. You have staffers that you've never seen or that you've ever heard of uh, that are the operational machine behind it. Uh, and I feel for those people, um, you know, a lot of people get into the business knowing that they're going to have to move. Um, but you also, you don't know what the next guy that, you know, might bring you along to his next opportunity is going to be right. You don't know if Dan Mullen, you know, who you've been with for 10 years as a admin type of person, you know, maybe he's no longer a head coach or maybe he's no longer in a position to hire somebody. And now you're out there trying to find, and I know that this doesn't resonate in a tough, you know, economy, a tough job market for everybody, but there are, you know, there are sacrificial, uh, you know, 
components of this that, that you do feel for their, you know, their family and their, their commitment to the University of Florida, um, you know, doesn't go unnoticed either. Um, yeah, I feel bad, like switching the topic back to how much money this next staff's going to make, but. No, yeah, I mean, this is, hey, bro, this, this is big boy ball, this is SEC. It means more. Um, yeah. We got more, we got next, you say salary? What do you think they're going to make there? I, I think I think you pay the next head coach, depending on who it is. Let's just say it's Billy Napier because that's where it seems like everything's pointing. I say you pay him about five and a half. Um, I think you put some escalators in there uh, to to get that that number up. But like Nick said, you know that number jumps up. You know what is it? You said three hundred million divided by sixteen, so that's almost nineteen million. What is that? Eighteen seven five? My math's right. So um, that's a lot of money uh, to offset what you're already making. Eight. 18.75 million. Damn, the math is good. Um, so, I, you know, I think that that's a lot of money to be able to, to enhance a athletic department that's already in the theoretical black, although they spend like it's coming out of their ears, but that's another discussion. The new, so, coach, is, the new coach is walking into a new, new facility next year. Anthony Richardson, supposedly. Um, what do you think? Oh, do you don't, think don't, even, don't even put that negativity into the universe. What? That's supposedly. Oh. Don't even put that negativity into the universe. I mean, nothing for certain. You know, you just got to speak <laughs> speak as it is. He took his stuff out of his bio um, before Dan Mullen was fired. When he fired, he put things back in his bio. So that was a good sign. Um, he, he was right along with us. What do you guys think about Nick uh, Nick Savage? A lot of players going to bat from Nick Savage and uh, to keep him along with the next – coaching hire well i had I, I, everyone talked about that athletic story um i know it was feldman and i'm not sure i think it was two writers that wrote it and it was all the anonymous sec coaches and i don't know if I, I said it at the time on the podcast um that this the story was about a bunch of anonymous sec coaches talking about how florida's not physical that they're small this and that and that may or may not be true but Every 13 SEC schools benefit from the perception that Florida is small and won't get you bigger and won't make you stronger. Um, so it, it's not that it's a bad story or that it was in bad faith on the athletics part, but that's a narrative that every other school in the SEC benefits from and would love to go anonymously on record with a reporter to say, yeah, Florida stinks. Um uh, Spence points it out. Nick, uh, Nick Saban, uh, Nick Savage doesn't recruit. Um, he's got to work with the guys that come to campus. Um, and, and I think the, the recruit, the, the, the strength coach you have to nail. Um, they mm -hmm. are around the team significantly more than any of the coaches, um, all throughout the summer. Um, I think, you know, Florida will give the guys like three weeks off after the season's over, whether it's uh, after FSU or after a bowl game. And then when they come back, it's just the strength coach. Like the, the, the coaches aren't around. So you've got to nail that, that coaching, that, that not coach, that, that hire down. And um, I think it says a lot um, just about the kind of person Nick Savage is and, and his program. Cause listen, the players don't like those workouts. <laughs> they're mm -hmm. probably cursing Nick Savage, you know, at seven 15 in the morning when they're done with a two hour workout. Um, but to see the groundswell of support, that, that the the players had for him today. I think that says a lot about him as a person and him as, you know, a, a guy that's created a program.
Yeah, no, I agree. I, I like Nick Savage a lot. I don't know how he fits into, you know, whoever the next coach is, but you definitely didn't see this uh, swell of support for Jeff Dillman or for uh, Mike Kent. No, I was working out with, with Florida football players at Gainesville Health and Fitness. Yeah. When, when Kent was the strength and conditioning coordinator, you know, and I know, you know, Mickey Mariotti, who was at Florida for a while, he was very well respected. I know Nick Savage is a, is a younger guy in the business. Um, he's a young guy, period. Right. Um, I think he was the lead strength and conditioning coach at Florida when he was 28, 29 years old. Right. I don't mm. somewhere around there. Um, so he's stone up and comer. He's a guy that's well respected in the business, even outside talking to people that are unconnected to Florida or not connected to Florida. Um, I don't think he's going to stay though, unless there's a connection, um, you know, to, to Napier, um, and uh, to Savage, but that's usually the first person that gets named or gets hired, and that's usually a, a direct connection to what you're trying to build. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad at it, though. I, I, I think that Nick Savage has done a great job. Um, again, as Spence pointed out and Nick mentioned it, he didn't recruit the tweeners. He didn't recruit the, right, the right. DB linebacker hybrid. I mean, there's only so much he can do, right? Yeah, so, I don't want to blame Nick Nick Savage for anything. Uh, like you said, he don't recruit. Nope. But I think that that high ultimately just is – got to be made by the next guy um and that's just, that's just how that works and i don't foresee that happening <laughs> just to keep it a buck um do you think napier if he gets a job he poaches anybody off of the, the georgia or the bama staffs hmm. it's an interesting um, question right i mean there's a guy like dan lanning who he coached with i mean i'm not saying that florida's gonna be able to pull georgia's defensive coordinator when they're on their way to Competing for a national championship, but there's well, a I guy like him. Yeah, I think you could. Remember when right. we were doing our defensive coordinator hot boards? I go, why would Dan Lanning come to a sinking ship? I know that it's it's never going to be your defense. If you're a defense, T. Rob, at, at you know when he was the the defensive coordinator at South Carolina, it's never going to be your defense if Will Muschamp's the head coach. That's mm-hmm. his defense. It's Kirby Smart's defense. You get an opportunity at a, for a fresh start to be a defensive coordinator at the University of Florida. Hey, Kirby, I'll see you uh, on Halloween weekend next year. He has relationships with those guys, right? He sure does, yeah. Another, another name would be Tosh Lapoy. Lapoy? He's with the Jags right now, I believe, with Urban and the Jags. Yep. Um, was on staff with, with Billy at Alabama. Um, ferocious recruiter. Absolutely. Um, like like Napier. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys. It, it'll be interesting. Um, I saw on Twitter, I don't know if it's true, so I'm going to preface that. Uh I don't know if it's Probably true. The, <laughs> it's on Twitter, so it had to be true. Um, like 17 did, followers. <laughs> did um did Napier make like eight assistant coaching changes recently? Like clean house. He was I shouldn't disgusting. even brought it up because now we're gonna have dead air while we try to like look it up and yeah. But uh, he made that five at, five new assistant coaches this season after eleven That's wins. The axe. Uh yeah. I like this guy. <laughs> but I, I also don't know. I don't want to speak as I'm trying to pull up the article here. And I have to go uh, add central to figure it out. You um, fired five assistants I, out of 11 wins, bro. You got that. But I don't know if you're fired. That, that's five that's, that's big oh. silk energy. It's big silk energy. Win 11 games, you got to go. Yeah, I didn't like what you were doing. Around here, man. We, can, we didn't win it all. Yeah. We didn't win a national championship at ULL. Get out of here. 
Get in my office. <laughs> How did they leave, Dan? Give us the facts. Nick, I can never trust Nick's uh, facts. You know, you can't. No, that's for sure. That's why they're called dandy facts. Um, yeah, I'll have to take a look. I mean, each one is. Um, so he hired a coach from FAU to coach offensive line. Let's see. Um, he, oh gosh, this is this is dead air. Well, let's, we could talk a little bit more about it next year. You know, he hired somebody from Louisiana yeah, Tech. And he hired somebody from Tulane. So I don't know. I'd have to look into more about when some got poached, some got the chance to move up. Um, but I'd have to look. Uh, a name that I heard connected to him, and I don't know what the connection is. This is from a pretty good person. Um, is Jim Knowles, who's the uh, a defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. Um, he's a guy that him and Billy Napier are connected. I don't know if he would join, uh, you know, him here at Florida, but I do know that that's a name to potentially look out for as well. It might be my cousin. Nah, looking at him and looking at you, Stoke, I don't think you're related. I could be wrong. Maybe you guys are play cousins. The profile, what are you trying, me, fam. What are you trying to say, yeah. The profile, me, fam. That's my cousin, bro. You in, guys are in, play cousins. In, in, the, in the year 2021 of our Lord, you can't make that kind of that kind of judgment call there, Dan. That's true. That's true. I don't know what Silk identifies as. So, um, so yeah, we can talk a little bit more about that. Should that be the uh, decision? But yes, he did have five new coaches entering this this team. Which again, I mean, regardless of if he fired them and then hired new ones, or if they got poached, or a variety, the fact that you brought in five new coaches and are ten and one um, is definitely a uh, a good thing to say the least, mm-hmm. you know, but, but Florida can't go just to Tulane. They can't we're go talking, to just talking, FAU or Louisiana tech, right? You're going to have to upgrade, you know, who those targets are. I think we're talking, we're talking DC, uh, but I think the biggest question mark for me is going to be if he's calling the plays. So yeah. I need to know who the OC is more, more, more important than the DC. So that's going to be the higher I watch out the gate because I still need offense. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel his play calling. Mm. Um, I agree with that. And, and I think first time moving to a, um, a power five job, I think, you know, you're going to have a lot on your plate as it is. Um, I, I would like to see someone, someone else call plays, but you know, Hey, Steve Spurrier says if, if calm plays got you the job, don't hand it, don't hand that right over. All right. No, 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 no. I I respect the goat and all that. (laughs) (laughs) I think I think he needs an OC. Um, With all due respect, sir, goat. With all due respect, I mean, of course he's gonna have an OC, but I think he needs an OC to to to, to call plays. You you want an OC that's doing OCing, not an OC in name. Yeah, let him CEO. I like like I said before. I think that's where where it's going, man. Um. Kirby gave away his DC. He, he was he had a, some control uh, issues where he wanted to control certain things. Nick had to do the same thing at a certain point. Yeah, you got to delegate. Um, the game's big, man. It's a cor- like you're running a corporation. Dabble did it. Dabble did it. Right. Um, yeah, right, I, just, I, just, doing it. I mean, you look you look at the top coaches in college football right now. They've all they've all done it. Yeah, that's where it's uh, at. Whether it's offense or defense. And be able to coach up, and be able to you know talk and and work with your with your staff if you're too worried about whether you know you're going to be able to 
stop this next counterplay or not. Um, let's give a shout out to our friends over at GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM, 10% off. Fantastic holiday present, birthday present. Uh, Game Time Sidekicks, vacuum this sealed cups. Show. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Fantastic product. Nick's been drinking out of one all night. Uh, we're, we're burning the midnight oil here. Uh, but GameTimeSidekicks.com, over 350 brands, a variety of different styles, whether it be a tumbler, whether it's a workout shaker, uh, tall, short, um, you know, Yeti style uh, cup, visit GameTimeSidekicks.com, promo code Stadium and Gale. If you're watching us on YouTube, please do and subscribe. You'll see Nick holding those up. Yeah, we pretty much are uh, NBC right now. That's right. Um, Florida does play Florida State on Saturday. Nick, Nick, you're muted, bro. I don't think we're pretty enough to be on QVC. I don't know if they would hire us to uh, to sell speak, the speak for yourself, man. Oh, feeling himself tonight. I got I'm having so, a good beer day. We um we uh, shout out to the uh, Jacksonville Gator Club that had us. Yes, um, I, I meet I meet Dan and Silk in, in the in the hotel. Go to Dap Silk up. Might as well have put my whole hand into a jar of cocoa butter, Vaseline. <laughs> Whatever it was, it's what I call his brother the moisturizer. I just, I just like slipped off of his hand. I'm like, what is that? Hey, hey, it was, it was cold out, fam. We got to moisturize. It was cold out, man. Black don't crack unless it's really cold outside, and you ain't got no lotion on. That's when black crack. So I got to put lotion up, bro. No, hash you, Larry. Let me tell you, I got to visit, you know, with Silk and Nick and Silk's buddy Justin. Jacksonville, which you guys know is one of my favorite cities in America. We had a great time. Shout out to the uh, Jacksonville Gator Club and uh, Lauren Vinoy, who is the uh, the secretary. Uh, we were up. We, we were able to to do like a a panel discussion for I don't know about an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes, and then uh, we stuck around for another 20, 30 minutes. Shout out to Ryan, Chriselle, a couple others from the timeline, Gerald. Uh, that stopped by. That's my man, Gerald. <laughs> Silk's biggest fan. Uh, but we appreciate everybody that uh, that's that that uh, that came by, hung out, uh, and listened to us chat for a bit. It was a a great time. Ryan coached me into or uh, uh, talked me into um, Napier at the table. He sure did. Kunk fritters. Yeah, I was eating Kunk fritters, and he was kind of breaking it down while I was a good hire. I was like, okay, I like it. And then we lost, and it was showtime. The conference yeah. put you in a receptive mood. You, you right. were those. You that was a finger licking meal for you. You were all about those fritters. Man, shout out to them. Them, them car fritters busting. It was quite Dude, the game. And, and our waiter, what a salesman! He, he yeah. loved that place. He, he will he go was, down with that establishment. He, he would not let us not order food. <laughs> <laughs> when we pulled up, Nick seen the place like, oh, this food's probably terrible. <laughs> Uh, Mudville, Mudville Grill, uh, great food, great drinks, great people. Uh, oh, check it sure, out. It looks looks like it hasn't been remodeled uh, since uh, I don't know the Charlie Pell days, but the Kunk Fritters. Try the Kunk Fritters; they fire you. Very good. So, speaking of uh, all things that are fire, uh, Gators football program, which is not right now, uh, does play FSU. Um, what time's the game at, Nick? Noon. Noon, noon o'clock. That's what love I'm it. Noon o'clock sharp. Noon, noon, noon sharp. Uh, head Florida, coach Florida Greg State Knox with head coach Greg Knox with defensive coordinator 
I got a hot uh, take Christian for you. Robinson, offensive coordinator Garrick McGee. Oh um, my God, this is for boozy. a battle of bowl eligibility. Nick has a hot take. Hot Nick. take. Dan Mullen for four years has been telling us Greg Knox handles the running back rotation. My dog, Damian Pierce, senior day. Watch him get 15, 20 carries, and Greg Knox will look at you without saying a word and go, damn, Mullen lied. Mm. Damian Pierce is going to be the ball, the bell cow, the ball carrier on Saturday. I like that take. I hope for that take. Watch. Because, because I saw Florida at the goal line again running Malik mm. Davis. Bro, he's trying to get fired. <laughs> yeah. literally, literally, serious man. Like, think back everything we 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 will ask him about. Like, this is real. I'm not even joking. Whatever yeah, issue with one little like right. stat you point out, he will go out of his way to make sure that don't happen again. Um, <laughs> no, you're not wrong. No, seriously, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, he doesn't want to be a Florida. You don't get paid to quit. You pay to get fired. They were. Uh... I think Andy said it right, like the recruiting thing. He was just like in his feelings. He obviously he was recruiting, but like he didn't want to talk about how terrible he was at recruiting. That's all people wanted to talk about. Oh my god, bro! <sighs> A game rivalry week. So I got so many things. I don't want to like just harp on the old staff and just do that. Yeah, no, I mean we, we've moved on, right? I mean we at the end on. of the day. The Gators, upward. the Gators are are looking forward. Uh, they are favorites. They they started as ten point favorites, which was amongst the most surprising things I've ever seen in my life. I, I might have I might have fudged that one up. You back did there, not. That, that might have been a, a week old line. It was not. It was a oh. line that came out. It was an early line. Um, that line quickly adjusted to two. Um, it went down to one and a half, and now it's back to Gators minus two and a half point favorites. Uh, money line is one thirty uh, for the Gators plus one or minus one thirty for the Gators plus one ten for Florida State, uh, and then the over under is fifty eight and a half. Uh, so they've got this as a decent scoring game with the Gators winning um, on a neutral field. Florida State is a half a point favorite. Uh, in this game, so they think that the Gators might squeak one by, but uh, I can see the Gators playing hard and and beating Florida State, who is not very good. But I also see probably the more likely situation that FSU is seems to be playing from it. Seems to have a lot more to play for right now. Um, question for you, more big picture: uh, If Florida loses this game, they'll be five and seven, um, not bowl eligible, but there's a chance that you don't have enough teams mm-hmm. to fill all the bowl games. Florida has a very high APR score, which Dan Mullen a couple of weeks ago told us uh, the year that Mississippi state finished six and seven, they were able to get into a bowl game and won that bowl game because of their APR score. If you're Florida and you're Scott Strickland, do you accept that bowl bid at that point? You would assume you've already got, you know, a, a new coach in place. Do you accept the bull bid? Uh, yes. uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead. I, we I, have I, different takes, so yeah. Um, I wouldn't, bro. Like, I mean, you're keeping this staff around a little longer. I think, like, you got to get your new guys in and start recruiting for the future. Uh, like, when is this bowl game? 
Um, signing day is like early signing yeah, day. Is like, like now. Like, what, what, like, what are you on. doing? Well, like, the guys gotta... coaching the team in the bowl game likely won't be recruiting the guys. Right. You'll, you'll be yeah. having a, you have you'll have two football staffs at that point. Yeah, I think. I, and the only reason I say yes is is more for the players than anything. Yes. So, okay, I, I get your take completely. I understand. Like, you want to move on. You want to say, hey, this this is done. You know, what does Florida have to gain playing a game in Memphis or? Shreveport for, for as a school, nothing but for the players. The Mayo joint, now, bro. Say what? Say the Mayo <laughs> joint. <laughs> yeah, the Mayo, we were not even Mayo joint Mayo eligible. Joint. I know. I was looking forward to wearing the Mayo costume. Um, not even no, good but, enough for Mayo Bowl. You, you give this opportunity to the players, um, extra practices, extra opportunities to be around their teammates, a chance to travel, a chance to get some free stuff. You know, this is for them. You know, it doesn't hurt Florida, you know, to play in this game. Um, if they lose, the coaching staff's gone, right? If they win, hey, you know, for some guys that are seniors are going to be moving on, transferring, whatever the case may be, they get to go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. These guys, for the most part, only have a finite number of opportunities to play organized football for the rest of their lives. So um, I go say down. if you go can, you, you do it. But I do yeah. get it. Um, and then agree with everything that you said, Dan, and then I add on, well, then you get 19 practices where the other coaches are running it, that the new staff gets to sit and watch that, watch that team, the team they're inheriting go through these bowl practices. And and those might not be the most serious practices because you, you're banged up and you're beat up, but it gives, it gives the, the coaching staff to see it live rather than going back and watching it on film. I think that's, uh, something that can be an advantage for a new coaching staff as well. But my main thing would be um, for the players to get that bowl experience. And listen, it might not be, you know, uh, hanging out on South Beach for the Orange Bowl, but you still get a bowl gift. You get a bunch of uh, opportunities to go do cool stuff wherever you are. Um, they always do something uh, cool with a children's hospital or some kind of charity locally. Um, so fans might not be excited. Listen, it's not out of realm of possibility. We all we could be as a as as a record label family and podcast could be in Nashville on December twenty eighth. Music nah, City. I, I ain't gonna be there. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, no, no. no I, I I got a question. Uh, no, no, I got a question. I got a statement to make. Uh, I made a point on the timeline. Like everybody's, we had we had some decommits. Now we'd like to get those the decommits or, or, or what the recruits are saying. Also, if we kind of get some of that, um, I wouldn't get too caught up in the decommits right now. I think as you can see, all the the changes with coaches, a lot of coordinators going to be changing, a lot of position coaches going to be getting different jobs. There's going to be a lot of decommits and also the portal. I think a lot of players going to be transferring. Uh, the game is different. Uh, rosters can flip fast, recruiting changes fast. I'm not getting caught up in anybody. Nick Evers did come out and say that he was committed to the University of Florida and sticking around. Um, shout out to him, him and the Evers family. Uh, but anybody decommitting, I wouldn't get caught up in it right now. The right guy, if you get a recruiter like Napier, they'll come back in and flip this really quick. I, I think this class is a wash. I think 22 is a wash. Like it is what it is. It's not going to be good. You got to hit the portal. Um, it was already I, was saying, I don't. I don't think I, it'll I, be if bad. If I come in, if I come in, I'm I don't putting think it'll more be bad energy. If I, I put, I, if I come in, I'm putting more energy and resources into the portal and the 23 kids than I am in the 2022 class. Well, of course, but I, still I wouldn't even take. I wouldn't even take that many more. What do you mean? You save, save those. Save those spots for the portal. 
Nick, you have to. You yeah. you can't you can't just top I'm, load. I mean, you can't just top load. I mean, you don't. You can still leave openings, and you're gonna have transfer. You're gonna have natural attrition, right? Bruh, this is the fourteenth um, ranked class in the SEC. This class is a wash. They, 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 they but it's to. not like I think that it is no. now. I think that they're gonna get a commitment tomorrow. I mean, yeah, they're a wash because they're losing they're a commitment right? tomorrow. Yeah, I think they're gonna get Chris McClellan, the defensive tackle, um, out of Oklahoma. Um, so I think that, you, you know, a guy like Isaiah Bond who decommitted. We ran it by in, Billy? You know, right what? <laughs> what's going on? We ran it by Billy? ran it by Greg Knox. They ran it by yeah. Florida. Like, why do you take – head coach Greg Knox. Why, why would you take a commitment right now? I, because it doesn't mean anything, right? I mean, it's all just a kid announcing anyway. Oh, but I thought this class meant something, and you shouldn't give up on it. No, I'm not saying good. It's just a weird time to take a commitment without. I, I agree. Is um, That's yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. But also, like, if this is this kid wanting to commit to the University of Florida, maybe he's doing it tomorrow for a special day. Maybe it's to honor somebody or whatever. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you don't take him, then, like, you don't take him. But right now, Florida's head coach is Greg Knox, and you That's have to, to the kid. I like that. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, so a lot of, um, you know, a lot of decommitments, obviously we had, uh, you know, a few, a few weeks ago, Shamar James and Julian Humphrey, uh, Isaiah Bond, the Gators highest ranked recruit, uh, announced that he's going to, uh, be decommitting, uh, Nick Evers, like you said, Silk is not decommitting, but is keeping his options open. I think that that was the, the word from a lot of them is, Hey, I'm keeping my options open. Jalen Gibson said the same thing. There's a lot of wait and see, which is why I do think Florida made the decision when they did, you know, early signing days in less than a month. Um, I also think that there's going to be a lot of changes, a lot of coaches that are going to move and a lot of players aren't going to sign in December. I just, I don't think this class is a wash. Do I think it's a top 20 class? Probably. And you think it finishes around 19, 18, but I don't think it's a wash and you can't treat it like a wash. You still go and knock out the portal, but yeah, you. you can't that's, treat this as a wash. That's a crazy take by Nick again. Well, I think yeah. I think this class finishing in the top 20 is a crazy take. No, you said quit on it. That's a wild take. I'm, you, I'm not, you're you not quitting on it because you're, you're not quitting on the class because you're, you're getting you're, you're hitting the transfer portal to get kids in right now. But that no, doesn't but go into calculating recruiting rankings. Yeah, but you can't just get a bunch of juniors and seniors in right? this class. It, Mel Tucker did, and he's and he's winning. Oh, yeah. Well, it's bad week for yeah, you to bring Mel know, Tucker. We don't know how Mel Tucker is going to work out long term either, right? Uh, transfer portal worked for us for a year or two as well. I mean, Mel Tucker has had one, one good year, right? He did okay at Colorado. He had a bad season last year, and this season he's doing well. But, like, those quick fixes can't work either. I mean, you, you do have to put energy and effort into getting as best of a recruiting class as you can this year and yeah. not just say it's a wash. I just – I don't agree with, with that take. You can't, you can't just go to the transfer portal and hope it works out. Well, but that's why, I'm not, that's why I'm not on uh, Scott Strickland's shortlist. No, no, you weren't going to fire Darren Mullen this season. You said there was no <laughs> way. I need to pull the audio. Spencer, pull the audio. I need to get all of Nick saying Dan Mullen's not getting fired this year. You guys ready to uh, close out the show here? 
Yeah. That's something else I wanted to ask y'all, but I can't remember. Okay, go. <laughs> I can't remember, bro. I had a good question. It'll come. Uh, one of the names that I wanted to ask uh, that I was surprised didn't appear connected to UF at all, and I didn't hear Andy Staples really talk about it much, was Dave Aranda. He's a guy that, um, you know, seemingly turned Baylor around, was a, was a hot shot defense coordinator at Wisconsin, goes to LSU, wins a national championship, gets his opportunity at Baylor, has a rough start, ends up turning around. It's a pretty good program. Um, surprised that there was never a connection or there's never listed um, for Florida. I like his resume as well. Uh, I would, I, w- I don't, I do not want him at LSU. I hope LSU gets like Matt Campbell or Bill O'Brien or some goofy shit like that. New LSU coach PJ Fleck. That'd be perfect. You row the boat new, to the bio. New, new LSU coach Dan Mullen. I don't think LSU they, they just beat him with yeah, oh there's no way they, they sure did but turn me up on October fifteenth, twenty twenty two. If that's what you think, Dan ends up at. That's what I was gonna ask y'all. Uh, I was Tech. just about to say, uh, what do you guys think he does? Alabama's basement. Uh, Nick Saban's coaching rehab. No, nah, Nick don't want that mediocrity around him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Dan Mullen, Nick Saban, offensive coordinator. Um, uh, um, I, I don't. If if, if I, well, I I was gonna say Penn State, but uh, I think I think they extend. Um, they extend. Uh, James Franklin. Franklin. That's tough. I don't know where Dan Mullen ends up. Um, on his own private tech, island, right? bro. He's rich. Why not Virginia Tech? It's like the perfect job for him. No, they got expectations there. No, and, they don't. And they got expectations there. They fired a coach in the middle of the season. He could do what Beamer did, man. Yeah, I um, I don't know enough about Virginia Tech's opening. I mean, Blacksburg's an interesting place. They've, they had a rich history of defense because of Frank Beamer and Michael Vick, they had a few others. But, you know, there's going to be so many head coach openings this year. I think if Dan Mullen wants one, I think he can get one. Hmm. I, mean, I, think he, I, think he can, I think he can get a head coaching job again. Well, no uh, doubt. You know, you know how easy it is to spin, spin that the Florida Gators fan base is just nuts and crazy, and they got a guy that went to three New Year's Six Bowls out of there, and we just landed a, you know, and a guy that just was fed up with his administration and the fans. How easy that is to spin? Imagine yeah, two lanes silk out there. I don't. I don't think he could. Uh, oh yeah, two lanes. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But I think I think Dan Mullen hurt himself with getting another big job with the way he treated the Florida job. Yeah. If a guy like Steve Spray is getting you out of there, and, and like, and, and and I mean, this is a coaching circles. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think he gets another big job. I think he he blew that opportunity at University of Florida. He was getting to get it for that opportunity to maybe go to the NFL, and it didn't work out. He dropped so the I, bag. He dropped the bag, and he could have easily like, and he dropped it for real, for real, because he dropped it on some loyalty that didn't make sense to to <laughs> anybody. That I mean, if you want to go to the NFL and you worry about yourself getting to the NFL, like. Bro, you got to fire guys that are not holding up their end of the bargain on your staff. If, if that's your end-all, be-all goal, his, his, his end-all, be-all goal was loyalty, not to get to the NFL and loyalty cost him. I, I mean, I just, you know, I asked Andy, I mean, you know, Ed Orgeron had a very spectacular, you know, fall from grace as well. I think a lot of people probably could have called that one. But, you know, from 
NFL overtures to fired in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one in the NFL wanted him. No, I get that, but you know that was a contract know. play. Yeah, that was a, that was a wild turn. Like um, we always optimistic on it, but um, what do we got next? We out of here. I got an average. We're out of here. We got we got, got to the great <clears throat> manscape. Oh man, perfect time of the year, man. Tracking planes. It's getting weird. About to get a new hire. So you might as well get them ball shave. New coach, clean shave. Get the lawnmower 4.0. Visit manscaped.com for all your man grooming needs. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. It is holiday season. Black Friday is on the horizon. Silk, I forgot to tell you, Manscaped is offering 25% and free shipping on, on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. Mm, I was about to say, man, no, no 25% Black Friday. Off everything. Everything. Don't even need to use our code. So just go there, use our code in the future for 25% off. Friday, Saturday, Damn, Sunday. Damn, they beat our code? They beat our code just, this, just for these three days. Gotcha. You know what? Don't. Spend it and then buy again using our code. Appreciate you. I don't think anybody gonna do that, Dan. Well, you gotta throw it out there. Hey, Gators basketball just won, eighty to sixty four. Not the Broncos. Broncos hooping out here a little bit. Hey, huh? You love to yeah. hear it, Silk. Yeah. You love yeah. to hear it. Shout out to uh, to Harrison, who is one of the White Buffalo boys. Uh, I think I saw that on Twitter. Uh, Let's no talk about that, boy. Buffalo boy. Like, what are we talking about here? Oh White man. The white buffalo boy. Mm-hmm. I don't last know who tweeted seen, that, but shout out to you. Last time I seen the white buffalo, his ga- glasses was fogging up in there, man. <laughs> oh, shout man. Out, shout out to Zika. Shout out to uh, whoever the uh, manager was that they were shouting out. And shout out to whoever spent $600 to get those guys to sing a song for 50 seconds. That's their cameo? Yeah. That's their cameo price? Yeah. Oh, good for them. God bless them. God bless them. Um, I got sound. Are you gonna play that song? Are you gonna play the White Buffalo Boy song? No, um, I was gonna be petty Mm. and I had a song ready, uh, but I'm switching it up because tis the season. We're gonna close it out with Gary Allen watching airplanes. Oh, geez, great song! Great song, it's a nice little ditty, nice little jingle, still. Nice little here jingle. It's gonna be my first time hearing it for sure. Hey, it's uh, it's it's flight aware season, uh, and we're watching airplanes with Gary. Tracking uh, them planes, baby. Bring my coats on to Gainesville. Uh, be sure y'all enjoy all the wet dressing this uh, Thursday. Mm-mm. No, get your Nick's sweet potatoes. Nick's giving. Nick's giving. Shout out to Nick's giving. Shout out to me. Shout out to my humbleness. Happy birthday, bro. Same corner, same time. I hope every year you get older, your takes get worse, my guy. I appreciate you. That's a high bar. That's a (laughs) high bar to reach. (laughs) These are the the Florida fan expectations that you just can't live up to, Silk. That's what's wrong. Hey, man, I told you. Hey, all right, I'm not going to. 
No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, it's my, I'm not it's my birthday up. week. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving you alone. It's my bro. birthday week. Leave me Happy alone. Happy birthday, fam. <laughs> See you, boy. Same time, same corner, same corner, same time. Bro, what are you doing? I know. How long you been on this show? Not long. I don't enough. think he wants this job. I think none <laughs> yeah. of the fans want the jobs, man. I got, I got it. It's the top day. As the top Dan now, expectations have changed. You know, man. Uh, maybe there's something about being uh, the top dog, Dan in Gainesville. You just, right. you just can't. You just can't get there. Too much pressure. You just, per- just can't perform. I see what you're saying. Same corner, same time. Two and a half hours. Great show. Loaded. Appreciate you, boys. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone that is uh, has made it to the two hour thirty minute mark. Go Gators. Let's lie, baby. Go Gators. Sitting out here on the hood of this truck, looking up at a caramel-colored sunset sky. Checking my watch, doing the math in my head Counting backwards when you said goodbye Well, those runway lights getting brighter I'm just sitting out here watching airplanes Take off and fly Take off and fly